Mike Murphy, uh-huh. Fred Hubner, hey, Murph and Fred back together again on ESPN 1000. Beautiful day if you love to uh, fry an egg on the sidewalk. Do they uh, still do that? It was real nice about two hours ago, and it was nice, <laughs> a nice breeze down here in the yeah, city, and yeah. now the sun's coming out. Uh, you know, I, I would love a cloud here or there. A couple clouds would be nice. Yeah, Fred likes it about 59 degrees oh. and cool. And I'll take 70, 72 and overcast. It's fine with me. <laughs> You know where it's always about six uh, degrees uh, warmer than uh, hotter, I should say, than Chicago? St. Louis! Yeah, at least six. Oh, yeah. It was crazy last night. Oh, Fred, let me tell you, the bleacher bums back in the day, yellow helmets, throw the ball back. Oh, they still do that. Yeah, so you guys are all to blame for that thing. We would take a bus. This is before anyone went down to St. Louis. We'd take a bus. A short bus or a regular bus? About 50 of us. Oh, a, uh, so a regular bus. We had a bus. We actually had a, uh, the bathroom in the bus. There you go. Oh, yeah. you, you guys sprung for the nice one. Yeah. Well, one of our guys, uh, he's passed away now. Uh, he would, Merle was his name, first name. He, he would get shout of the bus. You know, okay, we got the bus uh, uh, down to St. Louis and back for the weekend. Uh, everybody put, uh, you know, uh, back in the day, you know, put five bucks in the hat. Sure. All right. 250 but a lot of money back then. Yeah, a lot of money. They got a bus back. We found a bus was like 125. He pocketed half the money, our guy. Yeah. Well, why not? He had to pay for beers. <laughs> no, he didn't buy anybody anything. How you doing? His own, I meant. Okay. $150 in beers in St. Louis back in the day? And it cost 50 cents a piece so you could get a good buzz on you with sure that. sure can. Yeah, and a headache, maybe, yep. down there. Uh, Murph and Fred, uh, glad you're with us. And busy, yeah, busy day. definitely a headache down there. Oh, you know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, I do. Jesse Rogers at 10. And uh, uh, we're going to... You know, hit uh, Cubs Sox. We'll touch base, don't worry, on U.S. Open and uh, World Cup. I know Fred's got his World Cup notebook there. Oh, yeah. We'll, it's, uh, it's bursting. Yeah. And uh, if something amazing happens in uh, the U.S. Open, we have a guy on retainer. And we say, hey, on call if needed, our own Randy Merkin. He's home right now. He's like, oh, no, no, really? Okay. Randy, if something big happens, we'll need you. See, that's the best part about doing early morning or, you know, morning radio on yeah. the weekends. Uh-huh. They, the leaders don't tee off till like 1 o'clock. Right, right. So we'll be home and watching something else <laughs> by then. So lots Maybe of, the White Sox. They play this afternoon. Well, we'll cover right now what uh, happened last night. I'm sure you watched a lot of it. And, oh, wow, uh, Bruce Miles, uh, Cubs beat guy from the Daily Herald. Uh, he said he'd check in uh, maybe in the 11 o'clock hour, so lots to do. Also, it was so popular last week. Well, two people told me they liked it. So, uh, uh, what if? Well, of the what if segment. Let's see, did I bring my what if? Well, yeah, but I think one of the people that said they liked it was Jason Hayward. And the other was my uh, mom. Yeah. yeah. Right. Well, because so. we said, what if Jason Hayward gets two hits in the, each game the rest of the year? Uh-huh. He'd be hitting... You know, move aside, splendid splinter. He'd be hitting four twenty one. Right. Yeah. That, and then he went and had three hits, and then he had two hits. So he's making up for yeah, it. Yeah. As it, uh, I have the old uh, what if. Anytime someone well, used to in the old days phone, I go Murph, what if? And then I, I get so tired of it because never would it happen that what they were asking, you know, what if? So uh, all of that a little bit later. Got a couple. Of what's your beefs? Last night. Fred has about 90% in the Cub game, but back and forth, your White Sox were hanging in there. It was 3-3 three to three till the end. 4-3, to three, they lose to Detroit, right? Yeah, they had opportunities, too, in the eighth inning. Bases loaded, one out, and then uh, Tilson grounds out the second. On a fielder's choice, they get the runner at the plate, and then a uh, ground ball by Engel, the short. 
and uh, that's the end. And that, that's the problem when you have an outfield yep. that consists of uh, Thompson and Tilson and also uh, Engel. Is they, none of them are good hitters. Polk is out there, but uh, Thompson mm. came into pinch run last night. Yeah, Thompson, Tilson, and uh, Engel would be the, a, a great law for it would, him. It would, Maybe yeah. Maybe not a, uh, I'll tell you what, though, that Tilson can pick him up and lay him down, as they used to he say. He sure can. Someone's got to send him his Little League helmet, though, to keep his helmet on. He can fly. His head's too small. Did you hear that? Yeah. Okay. That's not a good thing. Fastest, his mother probably enjoyed fastest it. Fastest guy on nice. Fastest guy on the uh, White Sox. Um, he is. Remember that little Tony Campana the Cubs had. That yep. was, he was the. Uh, they called him the Streak. Remember? Mm-hmm. Well, I called him that. Well, the White Sox actually picked him up at the very end. I think. They did. They yeah. did. Uh-huh. This guy Tilson. He is the Streak. But as he was rounding second, he uh, hit a hard uh, ball liner that rolled down in the uh, towards right field corner, turned it into a triple the other night. And his helmet, what was he saying? He was like playing with it? Yeah, he was whole trying to keep it on. It's like, would you just just run. Uh-huh. I mean, you, you remember guys like in the back in the day, like Willie Mays and those guys, they used to knock their, hel- their helmets off. I saw Willie do it. Yeah, they'd knock their helmets off so they'd keep on running. And mm-hmm. here's here's Charlie Tilson worried about keeping his helmet on. Slowing down, which is hard yeah. for him to slow down between second and third. Playing with fidgeting would yeah. be the word with his helmet. They asked him after the game, uh, what was going on? well, I got the smallest head in uh, baseball, and they can't find a helmet small enough to fit me, so it's always like flopping off. Yeah, and it's weird, too, because, mm-hmm. you know, you look in, in the locker room or in the club, the dugout after the, uh, that triple, yeah. they were like taping it up. Put a tape over his helmet and around his neck <laughs> so it would stay on. All right. uh, White Sox uh, were down 3 nothing. I switched over, you know, back and forth from the uh, Cubs game. It was on good old ABC 7. And uh, White Sox uh, catcher, Omar, is it Navarra? Narvaez. Narvaez, thank you, Fred. Three-run homer. Yeah, you know what? Uh, people probably don't know this about Omar Narvaez. He's yeah. 10 for 25 this month with three doubles, a homer, and five RBIs. Oh, write him in for the All-Star And team. Kevin Smith, the other catcher, is 11 for 26. I, I knew that. He's red hot. So this month, they're, 20, they're yeah. 21 for 51. So the so. White Sox, uh, uh, they lose 4-2-3. to three. Hey, do the, uh, Felix, I want you to... Um, uh, Felix, come on and say hi to everybody. Uh, What's he, up, guys? Felix the Cat in with us today, doing a great job. Uh, Felix, I want you to keep monitoring. And the minute that the Bulls make the trade for uh, Kawhi Leonard, Leonard, uh, break in and let us know, okay? Got you guys. Is that due to happen any minute now? Is that the uh, story that that we're going to create? Well, if we're going to create it, yes. Yes. (laughs) And we're going to be truthful maybe next Thursday (laughs) on draft night. In fact, speaking of which, uh, let's go to the Murph and Fred fan focus. Then we'll get to the card game. Murph and Fred fan focus group Twitter poll. There you go. All right. uh, Felix, what's our uh, 8 a.m.? 9 a.m. rather. 8 a.m. 9 a.m. Twitter poll question, please. Everyone can vote it. ESPN 1000. That is correct. So the 8 a.m. one is who? 9 a.m. Yeah, 9 a.m. Yeah, yeah. I, I made the yeah, same mistake. Well, no, that'll <laughs> teach you to listen to me. Who would you want as your manager? The uh, answers are Joe Madden, Rick Retoria, Bruce Bochy, or Terry Francona. Well, now, who the heck wrote that, that crazy question to you? Oh, I That'd did. be you. Yeah. yeah. I heard so much this week sort of on this topic. I just wanted to get a uh, you know cross section. Uh-huh. Cup fans, Sox fans, baseball fans, vote right now at ESPN One Thousand. Who would you uh, who would you want as your manager? Madden, 
Renteria, Bochi, Francona. And we have a bonus. We have not only the uh, 9 a.m. Uh, question, we have the 9 a.m. Uh, Part B question. Felix, I know you slid an extra one we put in there. What do we have uh, as our Part B? Our Part B is, will the Chicago Bulls be trading for Kawhi Leonard? Yes or no? Just a yes or no. Pretty simple, huh? Yeah. Uh-huh. Kawhi Leonard, is he coming to the Bulls? Vote now. Yes or B, don't make me laugh. Okay. <laughs> Vote on ESPN 1000. There's I'm, a method behind all this madness hey. if you stick around between 9 and noon. I I'm, I'm one of the uh, Bulls fans that says, ah, if you're going to give up three too many people, I don't want him, I don't want Kawhi Leonard here. But, you know, people tell me, you know, So otherwise. your answer would not be A, he's coming here. Yes. No. All right. No. All right. It would not be. Okay. Keep tabulating those in there, Felix. I want a few updates in a few minutes. Vote now. Or vote live on the radio, 332-3776, area code 312-332-3776. All right. Let's go back to uh, last night in the world of sports and uh, the Cubs. They win 13-5. to They were due for some runs. Well, home runs. Uh, you know, it's... They hadn't uh, scored since Monday. It's a lot easier to win when you get three home runs. Yes, it is. But it was against Waka Waka. Cardinal starting pitcher came in with a record of 8-1. and one. Uh, You know, wins and losses don't mean anything. His uh, earned run average was a 2.47. He's been flat out, uh, you know, terrific this year. So Waka... All of a sudden, before he uh, is lifted and taken out of the game, I think he's behind about nine to one or something. They left him in. in yeah, the, you give him nine runs. Yeah, in the four and uh, four plus four plus exactly right. So here's the interesting thing. Well, we'll go over what happened in case you missed it real quick. <clears throat> so John Lester, a quality start. Lester goes six innings, throws a hundred and two pitches, and as we were uh, starting to say. No place hotter on earth in the summer than St. Louis. Nope. Every year before I reminded myself how uh, Bleacher Bum Merle st- uh, stole the money. Uh, we'd go down there every year uh, for five, six years. Then from Carbondale, I'd drive over there every summer, see the Cubs. And then many, many years, uh, uh, fly down from Chicago. See, there's no place hotter. It's, it's, it's an inferno. It's crazy how hot it is down it's, there. And it's not just hot. It's humid. The humidity is ridiculous. Or as they say down there, humid. It's humid. Oh, they say no. it there because they say it all, and they say it Texas. out in the East Coast too. And Texas. Oh, East Coast says yeah. it because I can't tell you how many people I worked with yeah. that kept saying, call me Eubner. No, I had a uh, roommate. There's an H in there. A roommate from Carbondale from East St. Louis. Uh-huh. And, uh, oh, man, it's humid. But St. Louis, it, it, if, if you've been there, you know, there's about 20, 30 miles as you're approaching by car. Uh, St. Louis from Illinois, it starts slowly, slowly descending down into, you know, the Mississippi River Valley. Yeah. And the air just hangs there. So if it's going to be 90, what are they saying here today? 92, 93, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So always tack on about six or seven. Yeah. Well, it was 92 at game time last night in St. Louis. Yeah, 7, uh, 15 or whatever, right? Mm Mm-hmm. You know what the fans do down there? It's not a bad idea. They bring with them from home... A washcloth. Okay. All right? Or you take one from the Chase Park Plaza Hotel like we would do. 
We'd have 20 bums in one room. Why they let us in to this day, I don't know. Finest hotel in all of the St. Louis. So you grab one of the washcloths. You get there, you go into the uh, bathroom, you soak it under the uh, water, cold water, just drape it around your neck. Yeah. Everyone in St. Louis, they know to do that. They bring yeah. them from home. So, Joe, oh, Jesse will join us around uh, 10 o'clock. 10 o'clock. Uh-huh. We'll get in that little trick. You can put it right over the top of his head. Yeah, well, you the know what? The wet washcloth. They say a piece, a fresh piece of lettuce does it, too. They used to do that, the uh-huh. ball players. Fresh piece of lettuce underneath the hat. They'd get a big hunk of... Uh, a big head lettuce. of lettuce. They split it up. Here, yeah. come get your lettuce. Yeah, which is actually where the name hey, Chowder Head <laughs> came from. Got to have a big piece of chowder, then he'd wear his cap. It works. It does. Yeah, from a what nice, I hear. Nice, wet, damp piece yeah. of, of, of chowder. So last night, what do you know? Guess who hit a home run? Well, we'll get to Brian There's in a There's a couple moment. of what do you know. We'll but the surprising thing, Hayward, not in the starting lineup. Everyone figured Jay Hay'd be out there in right field, batting, uh, you know, left-handed against Waka. Turns out, Fred, I think you knew that you had that also. What do they call it? Reverse splits. Well, yeah, and I'm looking here. Michael Waka against left-handers. Uh-huh. Uh, actually, his average, uh, the batting average allowed against left-handers, 200. Yikes. Yeah. So, uh, 200, 262, 267 slugging. So, and right, he was shutting down left-handers. But right is then better. Uh, a little bit, 227, uh, yeah. 329, 397. But the two guys who were out of the lineup yesterday were Zobrist and Hayward, mm-hmm. uh, both guys who were left-handed. I looked, and uh, Waka had gone 125 average for Hayward and a 176 for Zobrist against Michael Waka. So I, my question is, was it Ivy or was it Joe Madden that decided to uh, well, keep those two out of the starting lineup? The numbers are pretty common uh, knowledge with Waka. But here's what's interesting. To get the left-handed bat out, the right fielder, Hayward, he puts... Uh, Another hey, left-hander in. Well, switcher. Right. Now, so that bears the question, would have been better off batting right-handed? But he didn't. He batted left-handed. Yeah. First time to the plate, and Joe Madden, I don't know if he looks like a genius, dumb luck, or the computer, Ivy, like Fred said. Ian? High, towering blast to right. And it's going to go. Ian Happ with a home run, one nothing. Ian Happ, he's got nine on the year. A lot of negatives to Happ's game, but he sneaks a few little pluses in there on you every once in a while. Cubs go up one to nothing. That was his first homer since May 22nd. I didn't realize it. That's uh-huh. good. That's, a, that's good. Oh, yep. by the way, Cubs stay a game and a half behind Milwaukee Brewers in second place. <laughs> yeah, ever, ever since Jake Arrieta. Uh, the last two times he's faced Milwaukee, he's gotten routed. I think the Brewers have scored like 25 runs against the uh, yeah. um, <laughs> Philadelphia in the last two games that Jake has pitched. So, uh, guess who is uh, next itching to, uh, to hit that long ball? Well, the guy that took much, much heat this week, along with Joe Madden on good old uh, uh, ESPN 1000. You know, Brian hasn't hit a home run in uh, 25 games, uh, 100 at-bats. And then, of course, uh, here comes, well, you know, it's got to be that bean ball. Or as you have to say now, bean in the head ball. We've covered that round before. So uh, Brian comes up to the plate. Now, remember, he didn't play Wednesday or Thursday. Again. Everyone remember? Well, nobody played Thursday. I know. Right. But he didn't play Wednesday. Right. Oh, my goodness. I never heard the phone lines heat up so much as that idiot Joe Madden. And I know, Fred, we'll get into this in a few Uh minutes. 
Sometimes you don't like to go backwards a day or two on a Saturday show. Sometimes we we like to and we have to. But uh, you know what happened all day Thursday? Why didn't Joe pinch hit Bryant? Losing one to nothing. Top of the ninth. One out. Here comes that catcher, Jimenez. Chris Jimenez put him in there. Let him hit the home run. Well, Joe might have had good reasons, bad reasons, or maybe he didn't give the real reason. We'll break that down in a few minutes. But up comes Chris Bryant. Here he is, Chris. High drive out in the left center. Gone. Chris Bryant, his first home run in over a month. Or we could just let you swing the bat. Snaps in 0 for 17. And it's three to nothing. All highlights courtesy of good old ABC Seven. Right over there next door. Right, hello yep. guys. How you yep. doing, ABC Seven? So Brian Homers, and uh, that's not enough. No, no. Schwarbs wants to get into the act. This might have been one of the most amazing visual home runs, Fred, I've ever seen. Maybe you've ever seen. They reminded me. You old-timers might have heard of a guy named Dave Kingman. Uh-huh. He used to hit these moonshots, even though it was daytime at Wrigley Field. This, at night, was really a legitimate moonshot. Uh, Schwarber uh, comes to the plate. It's 5-1, to one, two men on, nobody out. And uh, if you didn't see it, well, you're going to hear it. Per- pretend you had a 7-iron with about a 35-degree loft. Here. Schwarber, a high drive to center. Way back goes Pham. Gone! Oh, my. That is one of the highest, most majestic home runs we've seen this year. A three-run blast. Highlights go to ABC 7. Schwarber's homer, 439 feet. Longest this year, seventh longest of his career. Regular season. And uh, they had the launch angle of about 35 degrees somewhere. I I picked that one up. And how about this? 6.1 second hang time. Yeah. It was in the air. That'd be, he, could, he could punt for the Bears. When the, when, the, when the ball was hit, and it was shoulder high. Oh, yeah. It looked like a softball. I mean, anybody that's played softball, and here in Chicago, there's so much softball played. It looked like one of those pitches that you hit you know, above the letters, between the letters and the shoulders. And that's where the ball was. Which is almost impossible in baseball. Yeah. This ball was, like Fred said in the old days, they called it letter high. He uppercut it somehow, and when he hit it, I thought, it's, it's a pop-up. Yeah, fly ball to center, it's a pop-up. short center. And I thought, well, maybe it'll even carry to medium center. And then the center fielder starts going back, 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 and the ball lands 30, in the back of the grass. At the, right, yeah, at the, in the back of the grass that's in center field. At the back of the hitter's eye. Yeah. And uh, I remember vaguely from the old days when I asked to try to hit the golf ball around, the seven iron, I think, was like 34, 35, 36 degree loft. That's what this was. So picture hitting a seven iron straight up in the air, and it just kept carrying and carrying. Yeah, it did. It was really a Dave Kingman-esque. Well, we talk about how the ball. ball. We talk about how the ball flies at Wrigley Field when it's warm out. Well, it was 92 last night, and there were six homers in the game. Yeah. So it's they're playing an evening game tonight. It'll probably be warmer. I mean, if it's anything like it, it's going to be up here. 
And they've got Hendricks going against Martinez. Could see a few more balls fly out. That wouldn't be good for Kyle Hendricks, who, you know, hasn't pitched all that badly lately, but his team hasn't gotten him any runs of late, and he's been pulled out of games. Hopefully, the uh, for the Cubs, they get some runs today so uh, Kyle can stick around. So, home runs you just uh, heard. Uh, Brian Schwarber, uh, Russell 3 for 4, Rizzo 3 for 3 with a stolen base, Elmora. Three for five. But how about this? Joe said, let's send that ball to the Hall of Fame. Why? That was Baez's second walk of the game. Unintentional, both of them. Third time in his career only. He's had two walks, both unintentional, in the same game. First time since August 19th. You're not going to believe it. Of 2014. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Uh, the top three in the Cubs batting order, Elmora, Brian, Rizzo, eight for 12. You'll usually win when your top three hitters go eight for 12, four runs scored, six runs batted in. Uh, vote right now at the Murph and Fred Fan Focus Group Twitter poll just in about a half hour. Uh, who would you want to be your manager? Joe Madden, Rick Renteria, Bruce Bouchy, Terry Francona. And also a bonus uh, Twitter poll for this half hour. Kawhi uh, uh, Leonard is coming to the Bulls. Yes. Or B, no, don't make me laugh. James from Gurney wanted to jump in. Good morning, James. Is that you? Good morning, fellas. How are you guys? Hey, James. Hey, James, what do you got? I hear you want to vote, right? Nah, so if I'm going to vote, I'm going to go with Madden. Even though it makes me pull my hair out. And I, I'd say, I would say no. And the reason why I would say no with Kawhi is because let's put it in perspective. I think we learned our lesson with a superstar and his family. Let's think. I, if I'm going to pay somebody that much money, I think we learned our lesson with Rose having to deal with the brother. Now we got to deal with the uncle. I think Kawhi Leonard's a better foot, a better basketball player than Paul George. But in this situation, I'm taking Paul George because we've learned our lesson there. And I'm not 100% sure if Kawhi just didn't give up. And if he's given up before, to me, that means you're going to give up again. So that's just my point. I'm just, I'm just what I read. I'm all about sports. So. We've already went through that whole debacle with dealing with the brother. The last thing I want to do if I'm going to pay somebody that much money is have to talk to their uncle. So that's yeah. just my take. I love you guys. Good I love job. the show. Tell me what you think. Thanks, Thanks James. James. I agree again, with buddy. you. Appreciate yeah, apparently Kawhi Leonard's uh, uncle is a big influence on him. and Kind of like uh, Reggie Rose and uh, Derek Rose. He's not coming here. You don't want to do that again. I, I don't and, see any and, reason to bring him here. And but he's that's, a free you know. agent in another year. Yeah. And what do you have to give up for him? They're going to... Well, I had heard the seventh pick, the twenty-second pick, and Larry Markkinen. Oh, right. Well, what kind of rebuild well, is it then? It's not. Yeah, it's not. Are we going to hear about it for the next month? Murph and Fred back in a flash. Jesse in a few minutes. Hey, we'll uh, take a quick look at what's happening at the uh, U.S. Open and the uh, World Cup. Back on the Cub Sox beat. Back in a flash. We are ESPN One Thousand. Busy day, glad you're with us. Me, I'm Mike Murphy. He's Fred Hubner. Oh, it's so busy. There's so much stuff going on. The yeah. Sox play this afternoon. The Cubs tonight. Mm-hmm. We got soccer going on. Four games today in the World Cup. Oh, I don't even know where to start. And a, another uh, problem for Theo Epstein and his uh, pitchers of the future, as Theo will be the first to tell you, is that very, they've had very bad luck on uh, developing pitchers. They've, they've been terrific as far as finding pitchers. They did a pretty good job hitting Pierce Johnson when he pitched for the Giants against the, oh. against the Cubs. He was, uh, they were able to get to him a little bit. They haven't really drafted a, a pitcher. I think one draft in the seven years was that Rob Zazinski or whatever, the lefty. 
I don't. I think anybody else has been drafted. Well, they got a couple. Yeah, they actually do have a two good, two good guys from uh, LSU. They got a kid named Alex Lang who's actually pitching really well in the uh, lower, yeah, uh, low A. But I'm talking so. about in the last seven years. You know. Well, they have two. The, the guys who were drafted last year. Great. Yeah. Great. It, it's going to take a while for them to get here. And then, uh, and they, they have, they, I'll tell you, they've traded for great pitchers. Uh, Lester. They signed a lot they of great pitchers. Uh, starting pitchers. Well, they signed one great pitcher. I'm not so sure about Darvish. And right? they picked up, all, listen, these guys, the bullpen, Luke Farrell, uh, Randy Rosario, Rosario, Justin Hancock lights out. He's back at AAA, Corey Mazzoni, Anthony Bass. Uh, so, I mean, they're finding pitchers. It's just too bad they, haven't been able to develop one that they have drafted, uh, you know, uh, other than... Right. And really, uh, in the international signings, that's more money than scouting. You have yep. to scout them, don't get me wrong, but yeah. you still got to have the do-re-mi. Uh, usually around this time, a lot of uh, ESPN radio stations across the country, top and bottom of every hour, we go to, what do we call it, News Center, Sports... Sports Center. Sports Center. Yep. Yep. Well, we're going to do something a little different right here, uh, out of our ord- ordinary on Saturdays. We're going to uh, stay live with you here, but just for a minute or so, I want to bring in Felix. I don't know if we can do it in about 30 seconds. It'll be exactly 9.30. See if you can work that up on the board there, Felix. We're going to uh, just eavesdrop in on the National uh, ESPN Sports Center just to see the you know up-to-the-minute uh, uh, U.S. Open, anything new, uh, World Cup. Uh, and we're about ten seconds. Can we? Is it okay? Are you gonna be able to do it, Felix? Absolutely. All right, cool. We'll, we'll be uh, getting in we'll, about ten seconds here. Keep our microphones open here for me and Fred. We'll be just eavesdropping here and uh, just to keep everybody abreast a little bit of what's. Uh, See what they're chatting about. Here's that cool music. See what they're gonna bring up. Here's the cool music, but he won't talk for it. He's, he's holding back. He's building up the pressure. I'm guessing maybe World Cup. He's teasing. Come on, open U.S. Open. There he is. Yes, I just said that. We just said that. What's the golf? Good morning. I'm Doug Brown. The third round of the U.S. Open is underway at Shinnecock Hills in New York. Dustin Johnson, the leader, and he's the only player in red numbers at four under par. Red numbers is good. with a four-shot lead over Scott Piercy and Charlie Hoffman. They'll all tee off later today. Mm. Among those who missed the cut, Tiger Woods over par. I'm not very happy the way I played and the way I putted. Mm-hmm. Uh, 10 over par. No longer can be Yikes. happy and too excited about 10 over par. He's not you don't win major championships no. by kind of slapping all around the place and, and missing putts. That's me. Also getting the weekend off, Jordan mm-hmm. Spieth, Rory McIlroy, and Jason Day, who also all missed the cut. Who's what? On the baseball scoreboard from Friday, we don't want the baseball. beat the Mets World Cup. Three. The Dodgers win their What's his guy's, What's his guy's name? Doug Brown. Doug. Hammer the Cardinals 13 oh, comes to 5. Ha- hammer the Cardinals. Right. Drives in 4. The Rockies beat the Rangers okay. 9 to 5. World the Mariners cup. take the Red Sox 7. Mariners are hot. Span I got Segura in the eighth. and Hanukkah. Royals outfielder Jorge Soler has a broken bone <laughs> oh. in his left foot. Oh, no. And he will undergo the more, additional tests. The more he plays, the more he gets hurt. That's right. World Here, sh- 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 with matches today in Group C and D. Right now in the 73rd minute, Argentina and Iceland are tied at one. Earlier today, France beat Australia 2-1. to one. Later, Peru meets Denmark in Group C. And in a Group D opener, Croatia against Nigeria. Oh, Yurko's going to love that one. All right. Anybody named Yurkovic is going to love the Croatians. Slow fade, slow fade. All right. Going to love the Croatian game. Croatia-Nigeria today. I can't wait. Fred, I I hope we didn't take your job there. No one does 
World Cup updates like you. Is that all right? I'm oh, sorry. Oh, that's fine. Okay. That's fine. Yeah, I was I was up at 5 o'clock this morning watching the yeah. game, the first game of the day, France right. and uh, Australia. Those Aussies, they had a chance. What did Tiger say? I, was a little, I slapped around. I slapped it around. I slapped it around Very a lot. Good. I'm, I'm glad it was letter O and not an E. I was a little I, I worried right there. Well, he did say, you know, uh, how can you be excited? You're at 10 over. Jesse Rogers. I'd be thrilled if I was 10 over. <clears throat> Give me in the red. Jesse Rogers at the top of the hour. Murph and Fred. Uh, Felix the Cat filling in today for EO11. All right, uh, Felix, you're in charge of the uh, Twitter poll results. Let's look at the uh, first of uh, the 9 o'clock uh, Twitter poll was, who would you want to be your manager. Now, the reason we're doing this, and uh, vote quick now, last chance with a few seconds left, Joe Madden, Rick Renteria, Bruce Bochy, Terry Francona. In fact, uh, let's do a, let's reverse the menu. I want to use that as a springboard. What was the uh, uh, second bonus Twitter poll results here? Uh, Kawhi Leonard is coming to the Bulls. A, yes, B, don't make me laugh. I'm hoping we got about, what, 95%? Never on a Twitter poll do we get 95%. Not usually. This one's going to be, I predict, Swami Murph says, it's going to be 95%. Uh, don't make me laugh. Fred, what I, you I think you're probably about right. I'll go 85 just because, you know, there'll be a few people out there that have pipe dreams, <laughs> you know. Oh, yeah. Remind, I just talking about Carbondale. You're uh-huh. right. Yep. Felix, what the fans say? All right, guys. 86% said <laughs> no. Fred, what'd you say? Eighty-five. Eighty-five. Very yeah. good. Very yeah. good. All right. Yeah, uh, he uh, he ain't coming. Let's backpedal. Who do you want to be your manager? Madden, Ricky Renteria, Bruce Bochy, Terry Francona. This is all I heard Thursday after on Wednesday when when Joe Madden, the dumbest manager on the face of the earth. You know, didn't let Chris Bryant pinch hit, trailing one to nothing with one out, no one on in the top of the ninth against the Brew Crew and allowing uh, starting catcher uh, Chris Jimenez uh, to come to the plate, uh, make an out. Next guy's out, game's over. Oh, come on. What's wrong with Joe? You know what? I've had it with Joe. Everybody. You know what? I'd rather have Bruce Bochy. I'd rather have Terry Francona. I heard a couple of callers, I think. Or maybe that was that. Uh, maybe I was in Carbondale at that moment. Oh, uh-huh. I think Ricky Renteria. Now we always have to remember, Fred. On votes like this, we do have White Sox fans uh, voting, and mm-hmm. everyone's welcome to vote. So we know from history that sometimes it'll break around maybe sixty forty if it's a straight, as they say, party line vote. So uh, I, I'm just interested to see if there are a lot of votes here for uh, Bruce Bochy, longtime. Our manager, originally Padres, San Francisco Giants, three trips to the World Series. Terry Francona, everyone knows Terry's Tito's uh, resume. You know what? I don't think either Bochi or Francona, well, you know what? I don't know. What do you think? They're going to get each about 15% well, I don't think it'll be that high. They're going to be about the same number, though. Do you probably, probably 10. At least be around 10. Yeah. Oh, actually, probably 15 because Run to Real will be like 5. Sox fans aren't going to vote for him? No. Are Sox fans going to vote for Joe? Uh, they mm. may. I don't know. Okay. I would vote for E, none of the above, but that's just me because I don't think managers mean a whole hell of beans. Uh, but that's, we, I'm the only guy out there. But that, we only have four slots to a Twitter poll. Uh, Felix, what would you have voted? You're a longtime baseball guy. 
You're a Joe Madden voter. Yep, I would. I would pick Joe Madden. Did you? Did you wear your uh, your World Series ring today with you? Or I no? did not. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. He does have a World Series ring. That's why I said asked. Was it like a classification one or classification seven? Classification one. You got the big one. He, well, yeah, yeah, with my name on it. Yeah, nice. It's, it's really nice. Yeah. And you're carrying, you're walking you around with it. I put in the safe deposit box. You're not walking down, down, down Chicago with it. I hope. No, no he, way. No, he, he's got a, he's got a young little baby, and and, and eventually, years uh, from now, he'll be able to sell it because <laughs> it'll be it'll, it'll be beyond you know twenty years or eighteen years from now, and he'll sell it. And I don't think that was in the contract. No, no, I unfortunately, that's not on the contract. You're yeah. never allowed to sell it. Yeah. Well. As, uh, Good luck. Unless they don't know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you think they're going to worry about Felix selling his yeah. ring? Then you got to chisel uh, your name out of, out of off it so they don't know. It they'll too. try to they'll, they'll go. We didn't have a, we didn't have a player named Flores on that team. <laughs> All right, so Flores uh, either. And either. So uh, I think Joe Mann's going to run away with this with about seventy percent. Uh, Rick Renteria is going to be at about twenty percent, and I'm just throwing in five and five for Bochi and Francona. What the fans say? All right, guys. At the lowest, we have four percent, which is Rick Renteria. See, I said five, so I was wow. close on that surprised one. by that too. Yeah. Uh, Nine percent, Bruce Bochi. Twenty-seven mm percent, -hmm. Terry Francona. Huh. And then at sixty percent, Joe Madden. Interesting. Fred, you nailed it. Thank you, Felix. You nailed it on Renteria. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and you know, you can only manage what you got. Mm -hmm. And, again, it just goes to show you, if you don't have the players, it doesn't matter how good or bad of a manager you are, you can't win. If Joe Madden had the White Sox, they'd be playing about the same way they're playing right now. If Ricky Renteria was stayed with the Cubs, they would have still won the World Series in 2016. You'll say no. There's no way you can prove it, so we can argue it all day. All right. Uh, Fred... I got to ask you something about Ricky Renteria. So there were stories this week that he benched. There were they they never really the Sox admitted it was a benching, but right. it appears it was. But whatever, it could be semantics, so, or it could be bad plays by both of them the game before. Well, it all it all adds <laughs> up to grab some benches, uh -huh. I would say, right? Yeah. So uh, the the Keystone combo. Another old expression. Google it up if you don't know. Second baseman and shortstop, Mankata, Tim Anderson, uh, both uh, grabbed some bench. I guess it was what? On uh, Wednesday. Thursday. Thursday. Yeah. Whichever. After the Wednesday game. For the Wednesday game. And uh, I don't know, head not in the game. Physical errors happen, but sometimes the physical errors because you weren't mentally in the, you know, million things. So they both grabbed some bench. It's happened before, and, and here's what's a little... In fact, the feelers. Got a little music for us here. Now, Fred, this has been going on for a while. Spring training. So far, I believe there are seven benchings counting spring training and this season by Rick Renteria uh -huh. of ballplayers... For whatever reason, not knowing how many outs there are, not having their head in the game, physical errors, which appeared to be because of not being focused, not, you know, not having a, a one hopper to your right clang, you know, because yep. it would have been an unbelievable play. No, basic plays. This does not bode well for the future of a manager, but 
as you always say, the managers really aren't the players. No, you can only you can lead a horse to water. You can't make a drink. You can teach the players everything you know. Right. And when they're on the field, if they screw up, it's not the manager's fault. So I'm sorry. Right. It doesn't matter how many times you bench a guy. He can still go out there and be bad. That is the general manager's problem to either get rid of him or him being the player. Yeah, get rid of the player and bring somebody else in. If the guy can't do it, can't keep his head in the game. I mean, what did people? What did Cubs say about Starlin Castro? Right? Did they did they criticize the manager when Starlin Castro screwed up? No, they criticized Starlin Castro. That's the way it is. You can do whatever you want with the player, but if they screw up, they're lackadaisical. They don't hustle. It's on them, not on the manager. See Russell, and we'll get back. I want to get back on the Sox. Addison Russell has had countless, uh, you know, taking a little siesta. Was day. he a lollygagger? Well, he was a lollygagger. <laughs> And he has been a lollygagger. Well, I mean, everybody, everybody's had had times. Even the, for the hustle, and ninety eight percent of the time, Albert Elmore has got his head in the game. Mm-hmm. There's been one or two times where he's been on the bases, hasn't had his head in the game. It doesn't happen often. Same things happen with Anthony Rizzo. There's been a couple times. Sure, he doesn't have his head in the game. It happens to everybody. But you want to limit those times. <laughs> Chris right. Bryant, I don't know that Chris Bryant has ever not had his head in the game. Bottom of the third last night at St. Louis. Russell, I'm sorry. Uh, Lester has given given up no hits. All right, I don't want to say that's no, good. I don't want to call no hitter in the third inning. That's ridiculous. But bottom of the third hasn't given up a hit yet, and up to the plate comes Waka, the pitcher. Now leading off the uh, third, uh, the uh, Cardinals at the time are uh, trailing a, a three to nothing after the half homer and the two run homer by Bryant in the top of the inning. Now. I don't have Waka's Waka's numbers in front of me, but you know he's a pitcher, right? Yeah. Whatever. He breaks up the corner, go no hitter. In the box score, it's a line drive, right? Oh, 083 after that hit. Bingo. Yeah. I haven't played bingo. You know, I, I know bingo only goes up to seventy five. Right. You knew that too, <laughs> yeah, right? I did. <laughs> For all of you out there, there is no oh eighty three. Okay, whatever. <laughs> Sorry. One through fifteen or a. Uh, the B is 1 through 15, 16 through 30, yada, yada. Okay, right. Now, he hits a ground ball to short. Waka. In, your, in the box, scores a line drive. Hey, you got a hit. Yeah. It was a sort of tricky, well-struck two-hopper. A little bit to Russell's uh, Chopper right. two-hopper? Well, actually, it was a harder than harder a chopper. Hit. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But he fielded it to his right. Sorry, Hawk. Trying to give you a... Clean. Cleanly. Mm-hmm. He fielded cleanly. Then you know what he did? He looked at the ball oh, and read the signature, Rob Manfred, uh, National League official ball, because See, of, because the pitcher's running. The Hall of Famer Ron Santo used to do that, but on line shots to third base when you pick him up, you had the time to do it yeah. at third base. Nah. At shortstop, not so much. Tim Anderson did the same thing last week. The other thing that might have been going, right, the other thing might have been going through Russell's mind is his arm for the first time in... A long time, a couple of years, is healthy. And he's got the rocket for the arm. Yep. You know, his back. Mm-hmm. So he looks at the ball, looks at the ball. Then he looks up and goes, uh-oh. And he fires a P, and it's uh, bang, bang, safe. Got to give him an infield. See, that's another spot. That should be E6. Yeah. Because it's a two-hopper. I mean, it was a nice play, but it wasn't, you know, it was a... A, an ordinary play above average for a major league shortstop. Well, you think about it. If he would have just held on to the ball, it would have been a hit, right? You yeah. can't give the guy an error if he doesn't throw it. Well, 
not, not by not by the scoring rule. Exactly. Saying, right. I know. I know. How can you? Okay, so if that's the ninth inning and it's a, a perfect game and it's two out, right? Yeah. You're gonna give him a hit. Yep. You can't. He didn't bop. He didn't bop <laughs> no, the ball. No. So you can't give him an error. He was lollygagging. He was lollygagging. So you know what they call him? Lollygagger. Yeah, that's right. Can't be lollygaggers. Hey, not in baseball. You can't. Here's and our, if you are, Gilmer uh-huh. Sanchez has learned. Uh, the Sox have had it numerous guys, like you said, six or seven times. They've already had guys sit down because they've been lollygagging. I'm going to give Jesse the business. By the way, at ten o'clock. Okay. And I have a feeling uh, I'll be out of step, Charlie, and. You'll be uh, siding with the little guy. I know why Joe Madden did not pinch hit for Bryant, uh, for uh, uh, Jimenez right. with Bryant, mm-hmm. that caused an earthquake in Sports Talk Radio. Here it is, been 1,000 uh, on the Thursday. I know why he did it. I know why he didn't say why. And we'll break that down. And we're going to give Jesse the business. And, Fred, you're welcome to pile on just in a few minutes. All right, vote right now. Would you trade Rick Renteria for Joe Madden? That seems like the same question we had, but it's totally different. Uh Vote right now. Would you, whoever you are, would you trade Rick Renteria for Joe Madden? Yes or no? Cub fans uh, or Sox fans, you're all welcome. A, the Cubs should... uh, uh, Oh, Rick Hahn, would he do it? Uh, Or Rick, how would he not do it? I'm sorry, that's how how we phrased it. Would Rick Hahn, yes or no, would Rick Hahn trade... Rick Renteria for Joe Madden, because everyone says Joe Madden is no good. Back in a flash, just in a little while, Murph and Fred till noon. Glad you're with us, ESPN 1000. Used to play that on my desk in high school. Can't do it here. It makes too much noise. Yeah, they did it in study hall, and then the study hall teacher would wake up, and then they'd stop and yeah. try to figure out who was doing it. Yeah. Wipe out, Murph and Fred. Glad you're with us. A few minutes away from Jesse Rogers. Of course, I wasn't studying. I was looking at the racing form, but in study hall. Well, that was uh, because you were at Martin East. Everybody yeah. was. That's why That's why I'm in radio and not somewhere else. <laughs> pass I ar- finance. Pass around the tout sheets, right? <laughs> yeah. What? Okay, let's go over to let's go over to Sportsman's. Pick it up on the corner of Austin and uh, Cermak sure. each and every night around 9 o'clock and would come for the next day. So. <laughs> Ride the bike on up there. You know how much I hate uh, Jesse Rogers in a couple minutes. You don't hate Jesse Rogers. No, no, I love Jesse. Oh, okay. I did say it. No. <laughs> you know how much I hate the designated hitter? And uh-huh. I know that... <laughs> there it's are a coming. fewer and fewer of uh, us. Maybe yeah. it's just me. I might be the only one. How about this? This is a this is a quick. This is on my yellow pad. Let they me call let me know. Mellow yellow. All right, Murph's yellow pad. They call me Mellow Yellow. All right, the designated hitter. I was I'm around so long. I remember when they, they didn't even have it. So yep. that's maybe. How old is that guy? So, what's the uh, reason for the uh, designated hitter? Uh, to instill more offense into the game. Okay. By eliminating the pitcher from hitting. Yeah. Right. So, the pitcher uh, usually bats ninth. 
usually. Mm-hmm. Unless you're Joe Madden, then he can hit him eight. But back in the day, the American League, around what, the late 70s, whenever they uh, started the uh, DH, whatever. All right, no one, here was, no one wants to watch the pitcher hit. So let's put a designated hitter in. Uh-huh. So what you're really doing, and this is where it gets tricky for a lot of people, what you're really doing with a designated hitter is you're putting a quote-unquote real hitter in the nine hole. Right. The DH himself may bet second, third, fifth. Anywhere. Or anywhere. Yeah. yeah. But what you're really doing is putting in a quote-unquote real hitter in the nine hole. So that, hey, who wants to watch a pitcher hit? Yeah. Fred, this is just anecdotal, one time, one day. So I looked uh, at the number nine hitters in the American League on uh, Wednesday. Yep. All right? I did this Thursday. So I'm going to just whip through. You want to hear the bat- <laughs> the batting averages? Uh, there were uh, 12 games and 12 and six games, 12 teams, and one interleague. So I think I got 13 uh, American League teams played on Wednesday, right? Okay. All right, and that was the DH rule. Here are the num- here's the batting average for the nine hitters in the American League that batted in the ninth hole. In other words, who wants to see the pitcher hit, right? 214, 120, mm-hmm. 233, 203, 181, 184, 179, 227, 145, uh, 157, 220, 169, and Oakland A's, uh, Jonathan right 258. There's your slugger. Okay. So you got an average of about uh, uh, 190. Yeah. For the ninth hole instead of watching the pitcher. That's I'm not, That's all I'm saying. Right. The, there's a couple of things that people would say. One of them is that the average batting average in baseball is down to like 243. All right. So they'll all be lower. But you're right. I mean... It really uh, hasn't served anything. Well, it hasn't, uh, because you're right. All they did was <laughs> right. they put the worst hitter instead of hitting eighth in the American right. League. Now he's a ninth guy, and then right. you had, had another power hitter. It was supposed to be a power yeah. hitter, and uh, moved up as a designated right. hitter. So, so the uh, number nine hitter in the American League hits about 200, to be generous. And... Uh, the pitcher in the National League usually bats twice, and then he's out uh, because he's either been uh, replaced or they pinch hit for him. So anyway, just another thing that I wanted to remind everybody, because who wants to watch the pitcher hit Jesse next? Everybody wants to listen to Jesse. Now we got to find out then what, what the uh, poll was and who the people want as their manager. We'll get that tabulated when we return. Back in a flash, we are ESPN 1000. Jesse did the woolly bully last night in St. Louis. Whatever that is, I don't know. Well, he better have done something to stay cool because it was hot <laughs> as heck down there. He's going to put a cabbage on his head. We'll tell him about yeah, that trick. That works. Let's uh, get the results of our uh, 9.30 Twitter poll, which was, let me see if I can actually do this right this time. Trade Rick Renteria for Joe Madden. A, Rick Hahn would do it. B, Rick Hahn would never do it. Let's bring in Felix the Cat. Felix, I have no idea what the fans have voted here. I don't know if the Sox fans want to vote for their guy to trade for for Joe, Rick Renteria, for Joe Madden to trade. Hey, 
Rick Hahn would do it? B, Rick Hahn would never do it. What the fans say? 56% wow. say Rick Hahn would do it. But 50, 40, 44%, 44% says Rick Hahn would not do it. I almost had 110% of the vote right there. <laughs> I'm giving 110% to make this show work. I know it doesn't sound like it, but I am trying. Okay, 10 o'clock question. If Jay Hay has a big second half, that would be Jason Hayward. If Jay Hay has a big second half, A, end of the year, the Cubs should eat and trade. B, Cubs should keep him because he's fixed. (laughs) Could be. Not like your dog, no. Uh All right, it's time for Jesse. It's Saturday. He's down near the ballpark. You know that. Murph and Fred, ESPN 1000, Jesse Rogers. Hey, Jess. Good morning, guys. How we doing? Hey, we're doing fine now. Uh, Fred uh, had a, uh, a trick that the ball players used to use back in the, the 30s and the 40s. Uh-huh. Fred's going to lay his idea on you. See, I thought it was just lettuce, but you said it was cabbage. But Well, a big leaf. A big leaf of lettuce, and they would wet it and stick it underneath their cap, and it's something you might want to consider for uh, the next couple days in St. Louis. That's not a bad idea. Luckily, the press box is air conditioned, oh, and, and no no window <laughs> no windows open in the press box. Um, there's a couple open, but okay. not not right no, in no. front of me. So. That's no that's no cheering in the press box. Not no, no. windows in the press. Because years ago, and it might be the same way. I've not been to the Wrigley Field press box in about ten years, but it used to be that once the windows come out, they can never go back in. Is that the right, same way? The same way. Okay. And by the way, Murph's never had a press pass. Never um, been never in a locker one. room. <laughs> uh, by the no, way, yeah. yeah. By Once the way, they come out, they can't go back but, in. But yeah. Jesse, Fred left out one ingredient, though, of the idea to keep a Jesse Rogers in St. Louis. You know when you're doing the pregame out there, 4 o'clock, it's 115 sure. degrees, and that doesn't even count like with the old AstroTurf was 150. But the old ball players would take a big leafy piece of lettuce or cabbage, and they'd wet it, they'd put it on their head, then put the cap on. We want you to do it, but no cap. Just walk around <laughs> with the lettuce in with your With the cabbage. And they go, hey, yeah. hey chowder head. Well, and you bo- mentioned the pregame gives me a chance. Tomorrow, I don't yeah. think people realize this, on ESPN2, hmm. we're going to be live during batting practice. So you might see me out there with wow. the lettuce on my head. Okay. Um, you know, the game's on ESPN at night. But uh, during batting practice, I think 5 to 6 Chicago time, I think, Obviously, same as St. Louis, but six to seven Eastern. I think they're going to be live during on ESPN two, and then the game on ESPN. Cool, That'd so be fun. Three home runs uh, yesterday for the Cubs. Yep. They win, uh, running, going away, as we used to say, thirteen to five. Nice starting job. One hundred and two pitches in the heat and humidity by a John Lester. Home run by Hap. filling in for a Hayward. We talked about the reverse splits of Waka, though Hap. Then you would think should have batted righty. Not lefty, but anyway, right. we didn't want to get too far into the uh, weeds, as, as they say. But then up comes Bryant. Oh, my goodness. The last two or three days, oh, the bean ball, 25 days without a homer, 100 uh, at-bats without a homer. So, of course, he steps up, and he's, he's so irritated at guys like you asking him that, he hits a home run, right? We can thank you. Cub fans. Well, yeah, I guess, but he did strike out the first time around. So, right. I mean, it, was, it wasn't All like right. it was... 
But it was just a matter of time. I, that's what I've been saying. Bean ball. Forget about the bean ball. Everybody's running these stats by me. Mm-hmm. It's Chris Bryant. He's fine. He hit six home runs after the bean ball. It was the. It was after hitting those six home runs he went into his slump. So he's fine. His dad's here. His mom's here. Everybody's happy. Um, Chris Bryant's going to go on a run like we all assumed. Um, so there's always going to be a moment. A guy's going to have a career long, you know, slump, and this was it for him. So. Um, that's past, I think. Um, you never know with baseball, and they're going to move on. But I, I, I was never really worried about him. All right. Uh, one day, small snapshot, whatever people say, small sample, 13 runs after uh, not being able to score, uh, you know, virtually at all versus uh, Milwaukee, Milwaukee Brewers. So, Jesse. Yeah, one inning, yeah. What, yeah, exactly. So, uh, the, the Cubs hitting looked good uh, one day only against a pitcher, 8-1 and one with an earned run average of, what, 2.42 Waka. What uh, what's going to happen? Uh, you know, who, who did you see anything that gives you encouragement, or was it a one day wonder? Um, no, it, I, I've seen encouragement all along. I, I know there's some fluctuations in scoring, but I don't think people realize that's every team in baseball. So here today, you guys know baseball as much as anybody. I'm going to give you something. I'm going to give you the best thing you could hear if you're a Cubs fan. All right. Enough enough with this micro criticism of the offense. Freddie, this is for you mostly. Okay. Uh, I'm just kidding. All right, so listen to this. Since 2005, now that's a pretty good sample size, from 2005 to 2017, every team that led the league in on-base percentage made the playoffs. Let me say that again. Wow. From 2005. Now, we could go back further. The, the numbers continue to show that, although it stopped in 2004. The Phillies led the league in on-base percentage. They didn't make the playoffs. But, oh, five, six, seven, eight, nine. You can count, Fred. All the way to <laughs> 17. Every team that led the league in on-base percentage made the playoffs. Now, let me, let me highlight that some more and, and, and remind you. That's on-base percentage. That tells you nothing about the pitching staff. That tells you nothing about the slugging, hmm. the home runs. The strikeout, it's on base only. That's how important that stat is. It was before this baseball world turned upside down with all the homers and strikeouts, and it still is. And you know what? The Cubs lead the National League in on-base percentage by 12 points right now, 340. The next team is the Reds at 328. That's mm. a huge margin. Wow. So if you think they're going to keep that margin intact or, the, or that status intact, number one ranking, they will make the playoffs. This is why I've said all year, the offense is fine. It will be fine. The more guys you get on base, the better. Last, thing, last point about this, because we all complain about men in scoring position, and it's true. Their batting average with men in scoring position is bad. It's down near the bottom. But when you're getting that many chances, does it really matter? Because you're, you, have five, you have 606 at-bats with runners in scoring position, the most in the league. What matters about the batting average? It doesn't if you're scoring runs. They're second in the league scoring runs with runners in scoring position. The total number is what matters in this case because it means you're getting enough home to win games. Um, you, they, now, they could get more home if their average was higher. There's no doubt. It, I'm not saying this offense is perfect, guys, but there's a couple stats in there that really bode well for them over the long haul, over 162. Yeah, and you bring up a good point, too. Uh, if they have more men on base and they fail, they're still doing okay because they do have more opportunities to do that. Yeah, it's, uh, it's what Joe says about individuals like Javi Baez. 
Javi's never going to be a 300 hitter if he doesn't take his walks because it is really hard to pile up five at bats a night and hit 300. It just is. You have to be able to maneuver a game where there's only three at bats. You go one for three instead of one for five or 0 for four instead of 0 for five. It's almost the same thing in a different way about men in scoring position. When you rack up that many chances, it's really hard to, to have a great batting average with those numbers. Now, they should be better. I don't disagree. But, again, when you rack up that many chances, you may not be the top-ranked hitting team with men in scoring position. But if you hit enough, at least, you should score enough runs. And in this case, scoring runs is all that really matters, obviously. So they're second in the league scoring their runners from in scoring position. Yet, as I click on the number, they are 11th in batting average in that category. So you see how weird that is. But it, what, it doesn't matter what the batting average is as long as you're scoring as many runs or more than your other than your opponents. And of course, three homers, which knocked in a total of six and six the, runs, yeah, six runs. So they would have won six to five still if none of the other runs came in. But you raised some. That's a tremendous number, Jesse. Two thousand five to twenty seventeen. Every team uh, that what led in on led in on base percentage. Made the and, the, and the Cubs, uh, the Cubs were uh, are for uh, mm-hmm. account for four of those years. Well, the last three years and in 08. Right, exactly. The last three years so in 08. Let's stay on that topic, but spin it a little bit. And I haven't gotten uh, plowed through. To, uh, try not to suck yet. A great Father's Day gift, but you have to hurry. Uh, how do we get uh, try not to suck again? Well, I was thinking real quick, I, when you were talking about Renteria for, mm-hmm. for Madden, I may have yeah. to write, try not to suck on the south side. So, uh, ah, that was, right. I, And I think, I think he would make that deal, by the way. Uh, try not okay. to suck. You've got to get it quick. Amazon, yep. Yep. maybe overnight shipping. Okay. Now, lineup construction, and everyone's groaning, don't hit the radio yep. dial. Something a little twist. Now, Jesse was there with Joe once. Uh, Joe sort of showed him his thinking process, right, behind uh, constructing one through nine. How much uh, do you think or do you know that the computer is involved? Ivy, as Fred remembered the name of it the, uh, a little bit earlier. How does it come down, and specifically because of Wednesday, let me back everybody up. That was the day the Cubs lost in Milwaukee, game three, the day game getaway day one to nothing when uh bryant uh, oh bryant didn't pinch it how stupid is joe but the batting on the lineup was interesting got lost in the shuffle zobris led off hayward batted second and la stella played third and batted third and people were up in arms how can la stella bat third well you know me i like my sluggers when they're in the game Batting with men on base. To me, that just makes more sense than having Bryant, you know, leading off or Rizzo. I want the guy that might hit a homer to bat third or fourth, usually with men on base. Of course, Bryant hasn't been hitting homers, so Joe felt the flexibility. But here's my question, Jesse, was he's got La Stella batting third. Now, people were ready to go apoplectic, jump off the road. Well, see, maybe it's not that bad an idea. If Zobrist and Hayward... But they didn't. But if they had come through, again, they scored no runs, so it's hard for me to make the argument. But, right. you know, La Stella, he's been swinging a magic wand. Didn't have any luck that day in the regular lineup. Point is, maybe it's not that bad of an idea when you didn't have Bryant in the game. Zobrist had been hot and Hayward had been hot. Let them bat one, two, where maybe just a single... Get it? By La Stella, knocks in to run if these guys are in scoring position. So I, I thought he took some, you know, if, if the new game is pound, pile on Joe. 
Oh, Ben Lestella Third is an idiot. But when you really break those things down without just being emotionally nuts, not you or me or Fred, we would never do that. But it, it, sometimes there's, there's usually logic to what he's doing, but no one these days wants to even try to think it through. Do you know what I mean? Oh, are you kidding me? Of course I know what you mean. I, you mentioned the book. I mean, the book tells all that. I mean, he's, there's always a reason for it. This is why I at least have to tell people he's not Terry Bevington, for God's sakes. I mean, there's a guy that's – you mentioned the computer. Absolutely, the batting order and who plays the computer will spit out one or two things about it every day, meaning this. Okay, so that you know how managers, everybody works uh, a few days ahead of time, right? Everyone's, so as he rotates that outfield, for example, the guy that's going to sit that day might be the, the computer might say that's a bad matchup. So it, it, when you're choosing who to sit, why not choose the one that you think is the bad matchup? And then the commuter, computer might say, well, if Bryant's out, Lestella could be a good matchup against this guy. It doesn't mean you have to bat him third, sure. but it's worth a shot. So, yes, every day I would say – the computer will spit out one thing at least that he uses, whether it's in playing time or batting order-wise. And now, look, if he only had eight good players, it wouldn't matter as much. But they have about ten, right? I mean, if you like Hap, Hap has nine home runs last mm -hmm. time I checked by, sure. Elmore, by mm -hmm. the way. Elmore has two. I think Elmore is a better player. I'm just giving you this. There are some positives to some other people. We know what Hayward's positives have been lately. So the answer is yes, the computer will spit something like that out. And there are reasons behind all of it. And, and let me just stress again, a lot of it is 50-50 moves. You could bat Lestella second, you could bat him fifth, you could bat him eighth. I mean, who knows? But if, you're, if he's looking for a reason to make a move, oh, wow, the computer says Lestella is really good at uh, these Chase Anderson pitches. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put him up a little bit higher. That, that's all it is. You're, you're rolling the dice on everything you do, but at least you, you need some reasons behind it. Does he ever, though, I mean, there was, there was a situation, I'm not sure if it was the Monday when, um, uh, or, or no, it was the game where against Milwaukee where Hayward got the big hit off a hater and then he didn't play the next day. He didn't start the next day. He didn't. He didn't start yesterday. But then he had a 125 average against Waka, the lowest of anybody on the Cubs. And Waka is better against lefties than against righties statistically. So that made sense. But is it always that? Does he ever go by his gut when it comes to those, or is, are those decisions almost always numbers? No, that's a great question. I, I think most of the time it's a set thing. I think you'd have to get really hot to to make him alter that. Tommy Lestella started like you guys remember like four or five straight games last year. For him, he was hot, not hitting home runs, but he was hot. Madden went against uh, his his usual ro rotation. He, he let Lestella play. The 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 I don't know which game you're mentioning, but I do remember this. When he hit the granny off of Adam Morgan, he didn't play the next day. Right. But then again, he was 0 for 4 until he hit the grand slam. Yeah. So is Joe really going to alter every his whole rotation because he he connected on one pitch? I mean, he could. He could say, "Wow, I want to, you know, capture that moment of confidence from Jay Hay." But he's got 10 guys that can play, and he had a set thing. You know, so, again, those are 50-50 moves. Do you start the guy that hit the grand slam, or do you look at it and say, well, he went 0 for 4, I already have this set, you know, my, my lineup set today. I'm just going to stick with it. Jesse, so, but the answer is yes, he does, Fred, but not often. Jesse Rogers with us in St. Louis. Uh, vote right now for our uh, Twitter poll this half hour. If Jay Hay, Jason Hayward, has a big second half, A, the Cubs at the end of the year, Eat and trade, or B, 
Keep him. He's fixed. The other the other thing I I questioned about uh, Brian not coming in to, to hit, and here's the reason I questioned it. The Cubs at that point were a half a game behind the Milwaukee Brewers. No matter what people think and what time of year it is, they're still battling the Brewers. The Brewers are ahead of them in the standings. It's the the closest rivalry they have. you got the, a ballpark filled with Cub fans. I know that doesn't matter. But right. here's Chris Bryant sitting on the bench being told, this is your rest day, you're not going to play. Well, Contreras was told the same thing. Contreras finds himself in left field. Um, then Joe says after the game that if the game would have went longer, I would have used Bryant. So basically, he wasn't getting a rest if you needed him later. So so you could have batted him in the ninth inning. The other one is, if I'm Chris Bryant, and I'm 0 for 16, and we're down one nothing to the team we're chasing, and my manager doesn't put me in, some players might take that to heart and say, you know what? And, and it might hurt their confidence. Now, you know Bryant, and I don't think that's going to be him. But, you know, right. baseball players, you've been around enough of them. There are a lot of fragile minds out there playing baseball. All right, here's what happened. Jesse, oh, yeah. here's what happened. Jesse, you always say, and I agree 100%, Joe's teams are great in the second half. Statistically, wins and losses, they do well in the second half, right? Yes, they do very well. And that's a quick answer. That is because everybody's rested. Yeah. Okay. Here's what happened. He also gave the day off Wednesday to the catcher, Wilson Contreras, who was going to also have the next day off, the off day Thursday. He has three games coming in St. Louis where it's going to be in the 90s. The Cubs have, like every team, have four men on the bench to start the game. He had Contreras, who was going to get the whole day off. Bryant was going to get the whole day off. Russell was on the bench and Almora. They get to the ninth inning. This is after Joe. No one gave him a tip of the hat for the lefty-righty, lefty-righty flip-flopping of Ciszek and Dunsing pitchers and left field. Oh, that's just Joe being trying to be smart. No, he was saving two arms in the bullpen. And then he ended up putting Contreras out on left field because that's all he had left. Now, we get to the top of the ninth. Everyone talked about this for a week. Let me just have my idea what Joe was thinking. They're losing one to nothing. It's Wednesday afternoon. He hasn't played Bryant. It's coming up in the order, seven, eight, and nine. They're down one to nothing. It's going to be Baez, the catcher. Here's the key. No one talks about it. it was Jimenez and then Contreras already in the game batting in the nine hole third. It's going to be, fellas, Baez, Jimenez, Contreras. Okay, fine. Down one to nothing. Baez uh, lines out for the first out. Now, here comes Jimenez. Where's Bryant? Where's Bryant? Well, Joe's thinking, all right, if I pinch hit for Jimenez and Bryant homers, this game could go 18 innings. That means I'm out of catchers except for Contreras because I just batted for Jimenez. I don't want to bat for Jimenez. I don't want to take him out of the game. If this game goes 18 innings, that means I got to go nine more innings catching with Wilson Contreras. There's a thing called you lose the battle, win the war. Joe said to himself, this is just my opinion. He says, you know what? I am not lifting Jimenez out of this game 
for the hopes that Bryant might uncork a home run. I'm keeping Jimenez in this game. I got Contreras in left, so I have my backup catcher if I need him. That, to me, and after the game, he's not going to say that. He's going to say whatever he said. Fred, you remembered word for word better than I do. You know, he, he made up that story. My opinion was that, Jesse. He didn't want to pull Jimenez and feared a long extra inning game, and we know what that can do because he didn't want Contreras to play. He didn't bet Bryant because he didn't want Contreras to have to catch. That's me. Makes sense to me, and I, I disagree with it. I disagree with Joe's uh, rationale for for not playing Bryant, but I also his rationale meant nothing. His rationale meant nothing. He just says yeah. much. And the other thing, Fred, you're right. But here's what he would have done: he would have batted Bryant, but not for Jimenez. In other words, why he not was, Murph? If he's willing to say publicly, "I didn't want to play Bryant," why why can't he say publicly, "I didn't want to"? Uh, stress out uh, Wilson Contreras for for ten possible extra innings because I Why think that, just say that I think that's he being him being the psychiatrist he is and he just massaging and, and the he didn't want to say if, that and, and the other thing is if they do play ten extra innings he can sit Contreras last night I mean it's you always have an, a, the next game to to get to make up for that rest well I mean all technically valid, technically you valid. probably wouldn't want Jimenez catching Lester right I mean. You know, all okay, so, he, so he sits some Saturday yeah. and Sunday. He I mean, was, he can find yeah. that extra day. He wasn't going to catch. He wasn't going to catch Contreras on that day, and he would have been in jeopardy had the game gone eighteen innings. That's just the way yeah, I think he was soft. thinking. Can't catch the catcher. Can't pinch it. Oh, I agree with you on that line. I'm not, hey, I'm not arguing <laughs> with you. But remember what we set up. Why is Joe great yeah. in the second half? And you said. He rests 45 games over 500 in August. Rest, rest, rest. In fact, <laughs> yesterday before uh, the game, that's all he talked about. I mean, he made a point of it. He, he probably knows people were talking about the whole Brian pinch hitting thing. He's like, rest, rest, rest is the cure huh? for everything in the game. Mm-hmm. And he admitted uh, the, that's not the old school way of thinking. That is yeah, a new well, school was, way. But, right, he, but was he also resting. said, who knows? Maybe if, if, I don't know, pick a name, Joe DiMaggio had a little more rest, the numbers would be even better. He, you know, maybe, he you know, gonna, maybe. Right. So who knows? He was going to rest Contreras come hell or high water, and he was true, Fred. He would have batted Bryant anywhere else coming up, but not, in my opinion, for Jimenez, because he didn't want Contreras. That's just the way I'm looking at it, like Joe might look no. at it, and I'm not saying it's a good it's move. Possible. I'm not saying it's a smart move, he re- If he rests too many guys against yeah. a team ahead of him pretty soon, yeah. he'll, they'll be able to rest right when October starts. <laughs> but that's what he does. Okay. I, I hear the whistling. Yeah. Well, that means let's bring in Felix the Cat. Jesse wants to hear the results. What uh, if if uh, Jay Hay has a big second half? Oh wait a minute, is that the one we're on? Yeah. Yeah. If Jay duh. if Jay Hay has a big second half, the Cubs should eat the rest and trade him in the winter for anything you can get. Or don't you dare trade him. He's been fixed. What the fans say. All right, the fans said 53% of them are the Cubs should eat and trade. But 47 said... Keep him, he's fixed. <laughs> I love the teeter-totter, the 50-50 <laughs> on the poll, Jesse. You taught me that. The snap is there, that's what I heard. Jesse taught me that across the glass. When it's 50-50, it's the best. <laughs> well, ask the 47% if they want Bryce Harper or, or Jason Hayward, because that, that was what would, might happen yeah. if they're able to trade him. Probably yes. move, uh, open up a spot for Harper, but who knows? Hey, Jesse, great job. Uh, your old chowder head will be looking for you today on TV. I'm, yes. You got it, guys. You're Are, the best. Have a great right. day. Thanks, Jesse. He's going to be on ESPN. Tomorrow. Tomorrow? Yeah. 
tomorrow. Now, don't bother me. Go home and have another beer. Yeah, tomorrow when the game's on ESPN, they're going to do batting practice on ESPN2 before the game. Uh, Tom Treblehart. Murph and Fred back in a flash. Hey, I got a new What If segment and much, much more. Stick around. Glad you're with us. ESPN 1000. Mike Murphy, Fred Hubner, back together on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Oh, we got to use the word lollygagger, Fred. That's oh, a couple times. Talking about Addison Russell last night. The more baseball you watch, the more lollygaggers you'll see. The more Jorge Soler plays, unfortunately for him and the Royals, the more often he gets hurt. Yeah, broken ah. bone in his foot. That's, that's going to be hard to hit home runs when you're not playing. He was never playing better. Yeah. Amazing. All right. Uh, we're about uh, 10, 15 seconds away from what we call the uh, national... Uh, Sports Center updates. Update. It goes uh-huh. up and down the pipe, coast to coast, all the stations. So we're going to eavesdrop for a minute here. Usually don't do this. No. Sundays we do all the time, but Saturdays we never yeah. do it. So uh, don't uh, flip away. Uh, we'll be here with our microphones on, but we want to just get a quick update for you and for us on the uh, U.S. Open and uh, the oh. World Cup. So they'll play music, 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 so they can get all the stations synchronized across the country. Now they're all out of their break, and we're going to hear a quick little update. Don't go anywhere. U.S. Open, World Cup, da-da-da, da-da-da. ESPN Radio uh-huh. Sports. Just said that. Uh-huh. Good morning, I'm Doug Brown. Iceland has a population of about 340,000, about one-tenth the size mm-hmm. of the second smallest country hmm. at the World Cup. Uruguay. Wow. Today, playing its first World Cup game, Iceland gets a 1-1 tie against Argentina. Lionel Messi was stopped on a second-half penalty hmm. kick that could have been the difference for Argentina. Could have. France beat Australia earlier today 2-1. Dustin Johnson already has one major title, the 2016 U.S. Open. Johnson right now holds a four-shot lead at four under par with today's third round underway on Long Island. Two other Americans, Scott Piercy and Charlie Hoffman, are even par. Charlie Hoffman! Why Leonard perhaps leaving the Spurs? Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Coming to the balls. Okay. All right. Good job there, Felix. Thank you very much. Charlie Hoffman. I love Charlie Hoffman. Why? I don't know. Oh, sounds you like his name? Uh, I like to see him uh, catch Dustin Johnson. <laughs> because Lord knows it won't be Rory McIlroy or Jordan Spieth or Tiger Woods or Bubba Watson because none of them made the cut. Yeah, it's some kind of event. Some kind of event. So uh, the World Cup, Fred, uh, I only had one or two little... Uh, so order of play strategy. I heard this phrase... I'm not trying to put you on the spot. I have no idea. Felix, uh-huh. maybe you can help. The order of play is very strategic. I have no idea what that means. Does, does that mean anything to you guys? Or? Yeah, it does. Uh, when you're when you're playing a very, very difficult team, you may want to go for one point and a tie instead of worrying about getting a victory in three points. Where, Like, for example, yesterday, Spain played Portugal, and uh, both of those teams pretty much know that two teams out of every group of four advance to the Mm. next round, the knockout round, they call it. Well, Spain and Portugal are in a group that has Morocco and Iran. And so it was kind of figured that whoever, whatever happens in the three games those teams play, those four teams, Mm -hmm. Spain, Portugal, Morocco, and Iran, that Spain and Portugal are 
Spain and Portugal are going to beat Morocco and Iran. So basically, whatever happened yesterday was going to determine who was going to finish first and who's going to finish second in that one. So the same with, you know, uh, for example, yesterday, or Russia gets a win in the first game. That gives them three points right off the bat. If they can win another game, there's a possibility they can move on in that in uh, Group A, which some people didn't think was going to happen. So it's important, the very first game, um, when you look at it, strategy of where the where the games are scheduled. Well, you just answered then my second question, groups. They're mm-hmm. talking about the groups. That's what you were alluding there eight, to there, yeah, right? Eight groups of four in the 32 teams. Now, in 2026, when it's in the U.S., there's going to be 48 teams. They're adding 16 more teams. So mm-hmm. there's going to be 80 games altogether instead of 64. And the last little thing I was hearing, teams may be conservative after they get the first goal of the game they will sit on it is that something that i heard yeah, correctly be- yeah because you don't want to you know sometimes if you uh, go for it you get a little bit too open in the back and all of a sudden the other team can come and score so mm-hmm. uh for example iceland scored a goal today and it was one to one and what they did was what a lot of people say they call it parking the bus. They get all 10 of their guys in front of the goalkeeper pretty much in the box, in the 18-yard box. Uh-huh. And they do everything they can do to prevent the other team from scoring. And they don't try to score much themselves. They just try to clear the ball away so the other team doesn't score. You look at possession numbers, something that they have. And I think the possession was like 80-20 in favor of Argentina today, Rob, despite the you know the 1-1 draw. Excuse me, Rob Manfred would not like that. He wants action. Well, he does, and uh, unfortunately, <laughs> it's not happening for him. All right. What yeah. happened? I mean, we're talking about the Cubs win. What happened yesterday? There were six homers in that game. We talk about home runs or nothing. There were 18 runs scored, six home runs. Six runs were scored on homers by the Cubs. I'm not sure on the uh, Cardinal home runs how many were solo or two-run or three-run. There were no three-run. But fa- I think the, the Carpenter was a two-run, wasn't it? Uh, Carpenters. And then Famino Zuna were solo shots. Um, um. Carpenter so. two run. Uh, let's see. No, Carpenter was a solo okay. in the bottom of the six. Okay, so nine of the eighteen runs, half the runs were scored on homers yesterday. Yeah. yeah. So you're right. I mean, you're going to get that in most games. Yeah. Last night, Sox scored three runs, one swing of the bat, three run homer. So tied it up. Yep. It Quite did. Good. Speaking of Rob Manford, we'll get to him in the eleven o'clock hour with the uh, special "What If" okay uh, segment. Uh, here's one of his quotes again from the other day. The time between balls in play is something we're looking hard at. Not talking about time between pitches. No. Time between innings. He's talking about, you know, too many walks, strikeouts, and home runs. Uh, the time between balls being put in play, I believe I have a, uh, what you would call an off-the-wall uh, idea. Okay. It might be so off-the-wall, it just might work. The, uh, if you say to have them start using a T instead of pitching, no, then they're going to put all the balls in play. No, every swing of the bat, the ball will be in play. No, they swing and miss, you're out. You know, I got the, uh, I got some, I got about sixty-seven or maybe sixty-eight here for little White Sox uh, questions. All right, Fred, uh, number sixty-seven. Then we'll uh, count down here. The White Sox rotation next year. Uh-huh. Now, I started thinking about this, and I'm going, you know what? This might be impossible, but at least I wanted to bounce it back and forth for a minute here. You know, with, with Fred today, uh, Lopez had another nice outing yesterday. 
Nice As a matter of fact. Nice enough to, you know, he's going to be in the rotation next year. There's no doubt about that. Ronaldo Lopez, team-leading 10th quality start this year. Yes, exactly right. Now, James Shields, uh, certainly he's not in the rotation next year. Not in the White Sox. Right. Yeah, he'll be somewhere. <laughs> Somebody will pick him up. Right. Maybe he'll go back to San Diego. I don't know. Right. Now, the timetable is irrelevant as to, you know... If the rebuild works, I don't think anybody's worried about the timetable. You, you know. Well, you, I was until the season started. Now I'm realizing that it's not going to be uh, 2019. It's going to be uh, probably 2020. As they once said in uh, Detroit, you can't hurry love. It just has to wait. So next year's rotation will not be, obviously, the rotation that is the long-term payoff for the promised land, which every Sox fan, uh, Jerry Reinsdorf, Rick Hahn's looking for. But some of the starting pitching right now is uh, having a little hiccup or a big burp, excuse me, along the way. So you got your Kopech, you've, you've got, uh, let's see, you've got your uh, Dunning down there. Dane Dunning's pitching great. But then again, he's only in, he's only in A ball, I think. Right. Yeah. Now, Giolito. He's hit some speed bumps. But Continuing his struggles. He struggled the other day after a couple of good innings, walked a few people, and he's pitching today, 110 this afternoon. Hopefully he doesn't sweat too much. So next year's five-man for the White Sox. We're going to put in Lopez. We're going to put in Giolito. Yep. You have to figure Kopech's in there next year, no? I don't know about that. I'm not 100% sure yet on Kopech. You would think so. Too soon for Dunning. Yeah. So you only got two that you can pencil in. No, no. You got Carlos Rodan. Oh, yes, of course. And you got Dylan Covey. Ah, he's been terrific. Yeah, he has. He's figured things out, uh, apparently, after being a Rule 5 guy. Last year he gave up, I don't know, I think it was like 20-some home runs. This year he's given them none. Right, right. Yeah. So he's given them no home runs. He's been striking people out. Uh, so Dylan Covey, you know, you take a chance on a Rule 5 guy and uh, he turns out good. Well, it doesn't happen all the time. doesn't happen often. But uh, maybe the, the White Sox found one in Dylan Covey. He's pitching really well. Mm-hmm. Carson Fulmer is a guy that still can't figure it out. He walked six more guys last night in a minor league game. So they do have some other pitchers in the uh, – that, that's one of the things they have a ton of. See, unlike when the Cubs were drafting and they were drafting position players, by the way, three of their first-round picks homered last night, Brian Schwarber right. and Happ. Good point. Um, the White Sox have been drafting um, pitchers. Okay. So we'll see how those guys pan out. People forget Carlos Rodon was the fourth pick in the draft. Sure. He's got to be a stud. Otherwise, it was a failure. Otherwise, it was a missed pick. Um, yeah, same with Fulmer. Fulmer was high, too. He may be uh, bullpen long-term now. They don't know. At this point, yeah, yeah. but you hate to bring a guy right. in from the bullpen who's walking people. Question 67. Are the White Sox going to extend a long-term contract with Jose Abreu? Okay, that's a that's a, that's a two-part question. Okay, extend yes, long-term no. Will he take a three-year? Not long. term I'd offer him a three-year deal. Um, Will he take it? Well, I think he might. Uh huh. If in fact they give it, they they make it decent money. If he thinks he can play longer than that after, because he'll be thirty-three, I think. Mm-hmm. And then uh, so, I think he's thirty-one now. So. He gets a long, you know, a three-year extension. Be here at thirty-four, thirty-five. Pujols is forty, right? He's worth more to the Sox than staying here. Yeah. 
than trading him. They don't have other first basemen right now. Okay, they don't have a first baseman in the minor leagues. They don't have a guy that's going to be their number three or four hitter in the minor leagues right now. What if someone offered you like two young guys that really made your mouth water? You know? Yeah, I, well, I know it's going to be tempting. Okay, uh, it'd be interesting to see what Rickon does. I don't want to see it because I think if you trade Jose Abreu, you set your rebuild back a little bit. All right. Again, it's just my opinion. It's the only one I can give. Question sixty-six. Where did the seagulls come from? I don't know. Did they come from Wrigley Field? They must have. They, they realized the Cubs weren't home. There were no hot dog wrappers in the stands. What's going on? All of a sudden, they're all over the place in the south side. Let's bring in uh, uh, executive producer today. Hey, Felix, you spent a lot of time at Wrigley Field. What the, did they did they move the, uh, under cover of darkness? What did they do? Box up all the uh, seagulls at Wrigley Field and move them down to Sox Park. They're flying around there all week. Well, the Cubs are out of town, so they decided to go somewhere where there was a game. They need some food, I think. They need their peanuts and a cracker jack. But I don't know why they always land in center field. It's not like Albert Almora. Maybe Almora, Albert Almora is throwing some, some unused sunflower seeds on the grass they, or something. They made a big deal the other day. I don't know if it was a telecast, I guess, where, you know, well, if a batted ball hits the seagull, the, uh, you know, seagull's in play, and you have to, you know, play the ball. Wherever it goes, but they never mentioned a throw. There was a play, it might have been Mancata way to his right, and he sort of ballooned it, got the man out uh-huh. of first, but he sort of had to do the second baseman backhand by the bag and balloon it over to, f- and it's an optical illusion, perhaps on TV. Sometimes it looks like they're flying right in front of the right. camera, but they're, you know, 100 feet away. But the ball looked like it just missed. Was it Randy Johnson? It- he hit one, Caught yeah. one, got in all yeah. kind of trouble. The birds aren't the smartest. They don't know what the pitch, pitch, pitch path is. So if Mancata's throwing... 60 feet, 6 inches. The big unit's throwing. So Get out of the way. If Mancata throwed the first and hit the seagull, would that be the same as the batted ball? It's got to be, I think. Or unless... It, I, don't uh-huh. know if the, I don't know if the throw is... If the ball's dead at that point. I can't blame Or if it's still in play. The TV guys kept saying, Oh, we're being inundated. Twitter, everybody. Oh, the, the, the seagull's in play if you hit it with the batted you ball. You know what? It, it, it's hard to keep up with the game when you got Sox math coming up and sticks and stone. I like the best Sox math is when the final one comes out to like zero. Mm-hmm. And then you multiply by that. And then the answer is zero. You did, yeah. you did all... Not me or you. You do all the work and then it's time zero. And then they say, Jimmy, what again? Yeah, Jimmy, the same guy that used to call Sports Phone back in the day and win all the quickie quizzes. Hey, Bruce Miles from the Daily Herald is on the uh, Cubs beat. He's going to phone in around 11 o'clock, but we have a lot to do between now and then. Murph and Fred back in a flash. Oh, vote now for the 1030 Twitter poll. You know, Fred, there's a thing I call the three phases, uh, three steps. Uh, of any program, any new uh, you know sales manager, new sales uh-huh. manager gives you the three things. What we're going to do, and then the step one, everybody's optimistic and enthusiastic. Okay, anytime this is going to be the greatest sales program we've ever done. We're all going to sell, sell, sell. And here's your tools, and here's what you're going to do. And we got help. For, uh, optimistic, enthusiastic. Then after a month or two, when nothing happens, and everybody becomes uh, disillusioned. Mm-hmm. And then after a little while, longer, if the sales plan is not working, everybody becomes panic-stricken. Okay. So vote right now. Rick Hahn, right now, is he feeling, A, optimistic and enthusiastic, B, disillusioned, C, panic-stricken. Vote now at ESPN 1000.
going to hear from Bruce Miles covers the Cubs. Visit with Bruce in a few minutes. Murph alongside Fred Hubner. Going to be another hot one, but not as hot as St. Louis, Fred. Nothing yeah. gets hotter. Not as hot as tomorrow either. I think tomorrow is supposed to be the hottest day. They originally said like the the feels like temperature will be 102. What's that? Uh, the humidity? Sunday. The humidity factor? Yeah, kind of like uh, the opposite of wind chill. <laughs> so, so the the feel like temperature. Well, what's wind chill? Yeah. So, <laughs> so feels like yeah. You know, the the phrase feels like it it really works, but it feels to me like a cop out. Well, they're not one hundred percent sure on anything there except when, except when Tracy Butler does the uh-huh. uh, does the weather because Tracy knows all. Yes, she does. I love Tracy. <laughs> And she loves the show. Well, if the sun weren't in my eyes, we'd hear it. <laughs> yes, we would. A little inside radio there. What's he talking about? What the... I love this show. Okay, I love this show. Thank you, Tracy. Uh-huh. Tracy loves this kind of weather, too. Her favorite weather is like mid to upper 80s. Mm-hmm. So that's usually when you find me in one place, my basement. Very nice, uh, cool it's a crosswind. Little, a little humid down there, though, no? Do no, you have no. a dehumidifier? No, don't need one. There's a crosswind. It's about 66, 67 degrees. Nice crosswind from right to left. Oh. So, it's uh, yeah, it's very nice in my basement. All right. That's where I'll be later on today watching uh, Croatia and Nigeria as we uh, watch more World Cup soccer. Match day three, in case you missed it. Hey, Felix, since uh, the, uh, I'm blinded by the light... Which is called the sun on uh, State Street through the beautiful window here. Made man for man a ton of money. Have the, uh, have uh, cut, uh, let's see, I have to do this on the air, I apologize. New cut for the uh, Twitter poll result from last uh, last week. Man for man, by the way. Is uh, that handy the song. Okay. Blinded by the light. So, <laughs> Rick Springsteen, uh, Rick, um, Rick, Bruce Springsteen, I think, did that too, that song. One of our Twitter polls last week, Fred, was, uh, I thought sort of, we didn't have time to expound on it. Uh-huh. Uh, in fact, I think we have it here. Let's go back to uh, middle or late in the show last uh, Saturday. Which was the worst exchange of trade, Arietta Darvish, Brock Brolio, Eloy Quintana? Close 139% Arietta Darvish. All right. Well, they haven't researched Brock and Brolio. All right. <laughs> miss a little, miss a lot. Uh, young Felix, a great baseball fan. Uh, you've heard of Lou Brock. Uh, did you ever hear of uh, Ernie Brolio? I know you're a Cub guy. Uh, you ever hear of uh, the trade? Lou Brock was sent by the Cubs away. I've heard of the trade, but I didn't hear okay. of Brolio. Okay. I know how. I know why some some younger people that mm-hmm. follow sports yeah. may have read about it, but you know that they mm-hmm. don't know the whole thing when you hear him say Broglio. That was Eric last week. Well, you hear, but, I but mean, how would he know? He's right. never heard it. Exactly. So if you've never heard it, no. you see it, it's exactly. B-R-O-G-L-I-O. Right. So it's Broglio, you Well, think. the anniversary many, 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 many years ago was yesterday. Yep. June, t- or today, I think. Or, today, June 15th? Oh, no, it was yesterday. Then. Yeah. Because Why? That was the trading deadline in the old days. June 15th, nice yeah. and early in now the season. Now July 31st. It was really early in the season when you figure that they didn't start playing until the middle of April. You know, well, here's why. Back in the, like, uh, 1900s, 1905, here's why they have the uh, trading deadline, and it was first initiated baseball, now all leagues have it. Back in the 1900s, it took, like, two weeks for other people to get the news? No, quite the <laughs> contrary. They were all crooks. The oh, owners, okay. All the owners were crooks. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And you're telling me Charles Comiskey was a crook? Oh, probably. Yeah. So what would happen is the season ended, 
uh, by uh, September 30th, and then they'd have the uh, World Series. Mm-hmm. So guess what would start happening back in the day around uh, September 15th? Two teams battling for first, right? Yep. And uh, the Cubs or the White Sox or anybody maybe in last place. So the two teams are battling for first. One of them call up the uh, Cubs and say, hey, you know that three-finger Mordecai Brown, your star pitcher? Goes, yeah. We want him for the last two weeks mm-hmm. so we can win the pennant and make a lot of money and go to World Series. And go, okay, well, what's it? now this did not specifically happen with three-finger Mordecai Brown. Right. But, oh, you know, yeah, well, I think about that. Well, tell you what. Tell you what, uh, I'll, I'll buy him from you for, I'll give you 20 grand, but then in the winter, you sell him back to me for 10 grand. Uh-huh. I, uh, so you'll get your guy back. I, I rent him for like a week and a half, and uh, if we win the World Series, I'll, I'll, I'll let you keep even more of the money. There was all this under-the-table collusion. Okay. In the last two weeks of the season, the, big, the teams in the fight were calling the teams at the end and say, give me your guy for a couple of weeks, I'll buy him, then I'll sell him back to you for you got him back next year. Finally, MLB, the commissioner, Landis, probably said, you know, this is not a good idea. June 15th. If you don't make the deal by June 15th, that ain't going to happen again. That's nice and early in the season. Right. And now they may do it, you know, actually relatively late in the season. Well, they were worth July 31st. Yeah, waiver claims and all that. Yeah. But so the Cubs traded a young outfielder by the name of Lou Brock down to the Cardinals for a guy with a sore arm, Ernie Brolio, and John Holland, the Cubs general manager, who made some nice pickups, picked up Fergie Jenkins and Bill Hands and, and uh, everybody, you know, Hundley. He says, well, we can get Ernie Brolio for this guy, Brock, who's out here dropping fly balls, can't hit, can't steal a base. He goes to St. Louis on June 15th. He ends up hitting about 340 for the year, steals about 50 bases, and the Cardinals win the pennant. And he goes to the uh, Hall of Fame, and Ernie Brolio turns out he had a bum flipper when he got to the Cubs, and back then they had no, they didn't even have scouts. They read the sporting news. Yeah. Hey, look, he had a good outing the other day. Let's get him. Are, are you sure that it wasn't Jim Hendry? Because Cub fans have a tendency ah. to blame Jim Hendry for everything. But you know, Sut was on the other day, yeah. and they started talking about this topic. And Sut, I love Sut. He veered away at the last second. You know why? Because he didn't want to remind everybody that the Cubs got Sutcliffe for Joe Carter uh-huh. and Sut. He was great, 16-1, and one, a terrific guy. Don't get me wrong. We're proud he's on the station. He's one of the best listens we have. But he couldn't win, and they didn't win. And Joe Carter went on to have a magnificent, amazing yeah, career. Yeah, people forgot that Sutt pitched Game 5 in San Diego. Well, Sutt sort of veered off then when he realized he was talking into a trade about himself. I had tickets for the World Series first couple games in Detroit. My wife goes, what are you worried about? Sutcliffe's going. Bruce Miles next, back on the Cub Beat. Murph and Fred till noon, ESPN 1000. Uh Uh-oh. Hour number three, Murph and Fred. Glad you're with us. One minute away from Bruce Miles, Daily Herald Cubs guy. Break down what happened, what's going to happen. If anyone knows, it's Bruce. First, he got the crystal ball. Tell uh, us what's going to happen. Swami Bruce. (laughs) All right. uh, Let's take a quick look at our last uh, Twitter poll, which was, uh, it was about the three steps. Uh, you gotta love 
that. There's three steps in any program, sales program, anything. Uh-huh. And the first step is always optimism and enthusiasm. Then after a while, if things aren't going like you thought, uh, disillusionment sets in. Uh, and then if things continue not to progress, panic sets in. Let's get the results of our Twitter poll, which was Rick Hahn, right about now, is feeling optimism, enthusiasm, or B, disillusionment right now, or C, panic-stricken. I have no idea. Now, the Cub fans are going to try to alter this, as we know, so we take the total results with that in mind. Uh, Felix, uh, give us the uh, from the bottom to the middle. To the, what was the uh, losing vote on uh, optimism, uh, disillusionment, and uh, panic? 16% say panic-stricken. All right, good, good. That's true. 28% say disillusioned. All right. And 56% say optimistic. I think that's, there you go. I think that's good, Fred. Yep. I think that's good. You got to have a long-range plan. Well, he originally said, I was at the Sox Fest when, uh, the first year when Rick Hines decided that, and he said most rebuilds typically take five years. He yes. wasn't going to put a date on it, mm-hmm. but he said most rebuilds typically take five years. Yeah. And then you could tell uh, the people that were gathered, there was an audible, oh, because we had just seen <laughs> what Cub fans had gone through for five years waiting for their team to get good. Hey, he's on the phone. He said he'd give us a call. Daily out. Cubs guy. Bruce Miles said he had a few minutes today for Murph and Fred. Now he's on ESPN 1000 in Chicago. Hey, good morning, Bruce. Good morning. I'm just trying to live in the shadow of Fred here with all that World Cup exposure he's gotten and good stuff it, it, it was. There's so much of it. I mean, it's amazing. I'm, you know, I'm, we're talking. I got one eye on Peru, Denmark. Not so much something I'm going to keep an eye on. I can't wait for the Croatia Nigeria game later on today. That should be a great one. Two cool uniforms or kits, as we call them, Fred. There we go. We got another soccer guy in the air. Murph has just decided to leave the studio. No, uh, no, no. Oh, come on back, Murph. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, I had, uh, I just learned that you don't call it the field. You call it the... Uh, the pitch. The pitch. Here's I was going to open up a sports bar called the pitch because then you could have baseball yeah. and soccer on all the time. See that? Oh, that'd be perfect. Someone's going to steal I'd that now. I'd love a pitcher of beer about now. Yeah, oh, me too. there's the best of all. <laughs> hey, fans, that of Bruce Miles. So, uh, Bruce, last night's game... Uh, three home runs after all week of hand ringing by everybody, the Daily Herald fans, everybody's coming, what's wrong with the bats? And then, you know, you get three home runs, they're good for six RBIs, Cubs win 13-5, Lester, quality start, 102 pitches in the heat, everything looks great after one, it's unbelievable, huh? 162, if, if you went win-loss, 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 finished 81 and 81, I think everybody in the world would be exhausted. If your team did that these days, the emotion up and down. Was it just one game or was it something they can build on yesterday, Bruce? Well, I think that we are at the point now where we're with the Cubs and some of their fans. It's not 162 games. It's 162 seasons because (laughs) every win is great. Every loss is the end of the world. And all you have to do is look at uh, Twitter yeah, I just think it's a it's a team that's um it's been on the upswing lately. Those two games in Milwaukee, yeah, set them back. But the, when they won the game in Milwaukee, the first game had put them at thirteen games over five hundred for the first time this season. They didn't reach that mark until the end of August last year. So you have a couple of games where you don't hit, and then last night uh, 
you know, they come up with a big effort against the Cardinals, and of course, Lester's been the goods all year. So I, I just think it's a team that's supremely talented within its division. It's probably going to win its division, and that you just have to let the season play out and then see what possible moves the guys in the front office make in about six weeks. You know, the one thing really quickly, Bruce, is that uh, if, you, if you're a Cub fan, you should be encouraged because if you know what Joe Madden's teams have done in the second half of seasons in the past, and you see where the Cubs are now compared to even where they were last year at this time, you should be happy because they're actually ahead of what they were last year. Yes, and, and uh, people complain when this guy gets a day off or that guy gets a day off. Well, Madden's teams in August and, in, and September have been historically really good. Right now, they lead the NL with a plus 97 run differential. That's incredible. They lead in ERA. They lead in on-base. Uh, they're second in run scored. So there's a lot to like there. But uh, one of the other things I've noticed, too, and I wrote about the other day is they essentially have a 12 to a 14 man bullpen because they have so many relievers now with minor league options. You send a Luke Farrell down, you bring a Justin Hancock up, you bring a Randy Rosario up, and boy, hasn't he been good. Great. So uh, I think all the trends are good, and uh, you want that rested bullpen too by August and September, and all this plays into that as well. Yeah, also a Corey Mazzoni, and uh, I think it's Anthony Bass. Uh, that's five great pickups. From uh, other they teams, cast, they casted a few, uh, you know, hits <laughs> off of him yesterday. Well, yeah, but uh, still, you know, he did what he was supposed to do. You know, not have to go to the right. the, uh, the, the, the other guys, the, the big vet, shooters, the big shooters. Uh-huh. Uh, all five of those guys, I believe, Bruce and tip it a hat to Hoyer and uh, Theo. Uh, I believe they were all. None of them are from the system. All acquired one way or the other. Farrell, Rosario, Hancock was San Diego for uh, Caesar, Matt Caesar, Mazzoni, Bass. Uh, you know, they might take criticism and, and from me uh, that they haven't drafted pitching that has uh, panned out and a few uh, international signings. But uh, those five guys, I mean, that's not bad to be able to have five guys. And all of them have options, I believe, and they can all shuttle them back and forth. Like you said, a 13-man bullpen, Bruce. That's the key, really. And you know what? A lot of teams in November, they make all these like, little waiver wire pickups, and nobody really thinks much of them at the time. Rosario was one off the Twins, and Farrell sure. they picked up off the Reds, and you know Hancock is another the trade you mentioned. And all of these guys have contributed, and to me that's the key that you can option guys. Uh, Theo said the other day when I asked him about it, he goes, that's been their goal for some time, to have a number of optionable guys that you can move back and forth uh, in your bullpen. And these are guys who have been put into some high-leverage situations yes. like Rosario and have come through. They've been able to give Morrow a rest. Now, I think they got to get Morrow back out there. It's been almost a week since he's mm. pitched, but Strope has been very, very good. Seashack uh, has been good, and Dunsing has, for the most part, been very good as well. But you really want that deep bullpen, as I mentioned earlier, especially for late in the season. couple minutes with Bruce Miles, Daily Herald. Nice enough to give us a call. Let's go to the starting pitching side now. You know, I don't want to beat this to death, but let's take a little different wrinkle. Mike Montgomery, oh, you know what? Uh, what are you going to do with him? You're going to keep him in. You're going to blah, blah, blah. The cow jumped over the moon. All right, let's look at it this way, Fred and uh, Bruce. Okay, so let's say, you know, that's, that's why I have my old what if, Bell. What if Darvish, you know, comes back and he's good to go, all right? Whatever that means. You're a bullpen yesterday. He's got another yeah, one coming up next week. Exactly, Fred. So, so let's say... You know, he's going to need another bullpen. He's going to need some sim games. Then he'll probably throw in Arizona in the, in, a, in the winter league or whatever you call it, that extended spring, then maybe double A. He's at least, what would you say, five? If everything goes 
perfectly, Bruce Miles. Five weeks, four weeks before he's starting, roughly, it's hard to say, right? Yeah, it really is hard to say. And I was the one last Sunday that finally tried to cut to it, and I asked Joe specifically about uh, the All-Star break. And it kind of caught him off guard a little bit. He goes, oh, man, when I asked him the question. Mm. I think that's realistic because he's got to throw another bullpen and then maybe a sim game up here at the major league level. Maybe out on a inning stretched out. So that means pitching maybe three innings in a minor league game, maybe four innings next time. So I think realistically the all-star break is going to be an optimistic point of view. So when you get back to Montgomery, you don't have to worry about that question right. for a while, especially as long as Montgomery is pitching well. And then you see what you're going to do with uh, Chatwood when Darvish gets back. I think that's the guy, and you know all eyes will be on him with his next couple of starts. He can, you know, give you a quality start for a change and not walk so many guys. Sure. Well, yeah, that that is the other hook, the other wrinkle. But let's say this then. Let's let's progress on that topic. The old what if uh, one more step. So the All Star break, and now Darvish. They say he's good to go. All right. Now, the six man rotation doesn't seem to have a lot of positive backers. Uh, you can make an argument for it, but then there's negatives. You have one less man in the bullpen and all that stuff. So let's let's look at what the Dodgers did, fellas, last year. They almost invented it. I think Jerry Krause invented it with the Bulls back in the day. The fake DL? Yeah. All right. Uh-huh. Uh, we'll give Jerry Krause credit, Bruce. Okay. So, the Dodgers last year, very cleverly, totally within the rules, uh, about every 10 days, it seemed, they were putting one of their five starting rotation, maybe they had six or seven guys they had, they'd put one on the DL. It's only 10 days now, so you're back in 10 days, which means you really only miss one start. Five days five days now you're back it's 10 days so would they be thinking about this bruce let's try to copy that they're thinking what the dodgers did so now you want to keep montgomery this is after the all-star break mm-hmm. darvish is back and you got all you got lester and hendricks and Quintana and chatwood so what about every 10 days one of the starters goes on the dl he's got an owie here he's got the little tweak here he's got a little ouchie here and then what you do is you're giving these guys you're skipping a start for each of them every 10 days for the next month or so and maybe if you want you repeat it one more time that's the only way i can figure that you keep them all in the rotation Uh, yeah you know what it doesn't take smart people long to game the system does it that uh, one of the unintended consequences of the 10-day disabled list is doing exactly what the Dodgers did and what other teams are able to do with that. They, they figured out a way real quickly how to make that work for them. There have been times in the past couple of years when Joe Madden has gone for a six-man rotation maybe one or two times through a rotation when you have a, uh, a period where you have a long stretch of games like the Cubs have now. and They don't have six starters now to do it with, but they're in right. a stretch of like 17 straight. But, yeah, that's a perfectly plausible situation where, you know, a guy has, mm, we've heard this one before, flu-like symptoms or <laughs> maybe a little fatigue is the new one, it seems, uh-huh. or whatever. It might be a perfectly plausible situation and, you know, uh, you know, Epstein and company have been known to game the system in other ways in sure. the past. So, yeah, it's uh, I wouldn't put it past them. Yeah, I can hear it now. This guy's got a back spasm. He slept wrong on the plane. His <laughs> neck's bothering him. We're going to put him on the DL for a little bit. I want to ask you, and I don't know exactly the way Murph worded it, but we had a uh, 
a uh, poll question earlier today about Jason Hayward, and I'd love to get uh, Bruce's spin on what he thinks, uh, what he would say to that, the Jason Hayward thing, where at the end of the year, was it the end of the year? How was that worded? Here's what we had earlier, and uh, Felix, have the results up for me again for 10 o'clock. If, if, if Jay Hay, Jason Hayward has a big second half, all right, that's the premise, Bruce. If Hayward has a big second half, A or B, A, the Cubs in the winter should eat and trade. Eat some of that dough, find someone out there, eat it, pay two-thirds of it, whatever, and find a, a trade. Or B, keep him because he's fixed. He just had the big second half. Uh, Felix, that was about a 50-50 if I recall. It's right now at 54% the Cubs should eat and trade. All right, the fans barely over 50-50, Bruce. So it's pretty much split. You know, this is all uh, premised. All hypothetical. On Jay Hay having a big second half. <laughs> but they would have those two options, I guess, right? Yes, they would. Now, let's remember, uh, Hayward has an out after this year. Of course, he's not going to use it because he's not going right. to get that kind yeah. of a deal anywhere no. else. No. But he also has a, for this year, through this year, he has a full no trade. Now, next year that drops to, I believe it's 12 teams where he can block a deal. So it's not out of the question that they could trade him or uh, trade him to one of those 12 or those other teams that uh, he would uh, exceed okay. to going to. So um, I-, I could see anything because you do have a lot of outfielders, and one of them sits every game, whether it's Almora to people's chagrin or whether it's Hap or whether it's Schwarber, and you've still got Zobris who can play infield and outfield. So uh, if you can work that deal... I'm sure the Cubs will look at all angles there, but Jason Hayward will certainly have a, uh, a say in some of that. Boy, would that be a dilemma, huh? If he did have a big second half and then they're sitting there in November, they go, what do we do? No, they're just, if, <laughs> he has a big, if he has a big second half, they're going to say, we knew this was coming. We knew, <laughs> we knew this was going to come out of him. That's why we gave him $184 million. <laughs> couple of quickies. Well, of course, yeah. The, the Cubs are always happy when a guy has a big second half or a big year and when bonus money kicks in and all that kind of things because it means he's contributing to a winning team and don't make no mistake Joe Madden loves Jason Hayward the front office loves him just because of his defense and his presence and so forth and any offense you get out of him you hate to say as a bonus but based on the last couple of years it certainly seems that way but yeah they'll look at uh, all options uh, after the season and Kelly Krull from uh, NBC Sports Chicago likes him because he told he warned her to get out of the way when the the uh, things of Gatorade were coming at him yeah yeah so that was nice of him. Yeah, one of the advantages of being a newspaper reporter, you're never put in those situations. <laughs> oh, that's it. So, uh, as far as, okay, so this has nothing to do, uh, Bruce, Fred, with the fact that I selected Wilson Contreras uh, in a home run uh, derby pool back in March uh, with money involved and he only has four. This has nothing to do with that, I don't think. But I'm thinking, you know, catchers these days, this is not an alibi. Not an alibi. But catchers these days, they got so much on their, so much to learn and know. It's not like the old days, you'd sit back there 15, 25 years ago and you put down a one or a two or a three or a four, right? Now, you know, you got Borzello, I guess his name is, and he's got all the numbers. He's the catcher guy and he says, all right, the third hitter in the other team, okay, he does, he doesn't like high, uh, heat, but he likes low heat, but the two seam, if it rides in and if it's a two ball, one strike count, he's more susceptible to off speed. I mean, and that's just one guy. And then the shift, we're going to shift there. So you got to pitch him inside or outside. Is there so much now? And again, this is not an alibi, but 
Bruce, is there so much going on for these catchers that it's amazing that they can even get up to the plate and hit and have a clear head? It's, it's got to be amazing what they have to absorb. Yeah, it really is. And like you say, it's not an excuse, but that you couple that with all the video work that they do, both looking at their own pitchers and, and looking at hitters from the other team, because so much now of the, the, the pregame planning is pitching and defense. But, yeah, and I think, too, that uh, – uh, there's some adjustments that have been made uh, on Contreras by opposing pitchers. He's still hitting 271. He gets on base. Uh, the power numbers are down, but you know the power numbers are down for other guys on the team as well. But yeah, that, that's a valid point. There is a lot put on catchers, and the Cubs do. I don't know if they do more than anybody else, but it seems like they do an inordinate amount of pregame planning. I, I see it. I see them in front of the screens. I see them looking at the reports, but. Uh, you know, we'll see if, uh, you know, his average takes off in the second half as well. But perfectly valid point. Fred and I were talking about this last Saturday, Bruce. Elbow guards. Now, when they first started... Bruce Lala, wears one. You know, it gets rough upstairs in that press box. Especially when that Gatorade's yes, flying. Yes, quarters up there. Yes, yes. <laughs> the... Uh, I remember when, uh, you know, Barry Bonds, uh, he started wearing, you know, about two feet of aluminum siding from a gutter supply store from his wrist up to his shoulder uh, protecting. And uh, the rule was 10 inches. And uh, the league said, well, he has three of them on. That's why it's 30 inches. It's okay. They're all 10 inches. But now it's very acceptable. Uh, Chris Bryant, he almost always, I believe, has that little elbow cup or whatever they call it. But Rizzo, he gets drilled again last night, and we know he crowds the plate. That's his thing. God love him. It works. But he's on the, he gets hit, you know, 15 to 30 times a year. He gets drilled near the elbow again last night, the lead elbow, the front one for him batting left here because the, the right elbow. And it hit the meat up above or below, or he's a big guy. And he trots down to first base, no elbow guard. And I'm thinking, you know, why don't you just put the elbow guard on? One of these times, it's going to hit. He's going to hit that right on that spot of the elbow, and it's going to be, you know, two, three months on, on the DL. Why wouldn't a guy, I know it's personal preference, but doesn't it seem like he should slap one on anyway? Yeah, it's a very good question, and maybe I'll ask him that uh, when I see him. But a uh, very valid point. You know, he also stands on top of the plate, so he's going to get hit a lot, so he understands that. But uh, it may be one of these days where he decides he's tired of it, and it kind of hurts a little bit so that he will put that guard on. But it's a, it's a good question to ask him. And uh, late in the game when the Cubs scored their 13th run, Jim Deshays, he says, uh, and I knew what he meant, Bruce, you to Fred, he goes, well, if you had the Cubs in the 13-run pool, you win. And Len Casper's silence. There's, Len had no idea what the 13-run pool is, I'm guessing. In fact, I, I just don't think Len knows, wants to talk about gambling. Well, maybe. Bruce, in the old days, offices. People won't believe this. You'd uh, have a pool. There'd be maybe back then 24 teams, 26 teams. You'd pull a name out of the head. Hey, I got the Yankees. Oh, no, I got the Athletics. And uh, if your team scored 13 runs before the others, everybody put a buck in. There'd be 24 bucks or whatever. Sometimes it would go a month or two. Remember, nobody would ever get 13 runs. Now, the 13 run pool, I think it should come back. Well, that's why it went away, because so many people were getting it. It would change three times in one week. Okay, first there weren't enough winners. Yeah. Now I think it should come back. Bruce, you remember the 13 run pool? I certainly do. Growing up in the 60s, I remember my dad coming home from <laughs> saying, ah, so-and-so had 
Cubs or whatever in a 13-run pool, and then two weeks later, nobody would get it. Now, this guy took home all this money today. That was a huge thing back in the day. I guess we're maybe just kind of dating ourselves here. Yeah, that was also the problem. The guy with the kitty would disappear. Hey, Bruce, (laughs) great great to hear. I would never have done that. Great to hear from you, Bruce. Keep up the great work at the at dailyherald.com and uh, we always appreciate some of your busy, busy personal time. Thank you. Okay, guys. Enjoy Germany, Mexico, Fred. No, I will try. I'm going to be on the air tomorrow, but uh, you, you may hear me uh, not talking so much. <laughs> okay, guys. Thanks, Bruce. Yeah. Thanks, Bruce. That'll be a first, huh? Yeah. Well, uh, thank goodness I got Black and Abdallah both here tomorrow. I know we're running late. Felix back in a flash. It's Murph and Fred trying to get an update on the U.S. Open and the World Cup when we return. And what if segment right around the corner. Ah, nice. It's a little tequila. You want everything on ice right now. To cool you down on a hot day, tequila. Well, for a little bit, and then you won't remember. <laughs> you won't remember that it's hot. Uh, Is it hot out? I don't, I, could, <laughs> I, I don't realize it. Wouldn't take many of those for... I don't do well with tequila. I, I enjoy tequila. Well, I enjoy it. Yeah. I just don't do well with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, does anybody really? I haven't had it in a while. I stayed away from Probably it. Probably for good reason, right? But they do make beer now. There's some beer that's actually, uh, I want to see, does tequila come in barrels? I think they uh, they age it in tequila barrels. I think they actually do. So I'll have to try that. In about one Maybe minute, today. we're going to open up. Hey, open up the uh, line to Bristol there. Is that the technical phrase? Open up the line to Bristol. And just so all those people know that are out there, if you are drinking today, make sure you drink water, too, because alcohol dehydrates you. you got to drink that water to stay hydrated. That's a tip from me. Okay. So like a gin, uh, beef feeder with a lot of ice in it and let nope. it melt down? Yeah. After that, that <laughs> just have a big, just guzzle a bottle of water. Felix, we're going to open up the line to Bristol. Is that the technical phrase? Uh that is correct. Okay, get a little sports center for you All right, guys. In about so. one minute, uh, we're gonna uh, we're gonna stay here live, but we're gonna uh, bring the let the feed feed through here, and uh, we'll get a quick update. Uh, this will be like the coast to coast update uh, that ESPN does so well yep. across the country, and uh, so hopefully they'll lead off then with a they will U.S. Open. And uh, probably and, and then the World Cup. It's only like uh, two and a half hours now until the leaders hit the course. Yeah, and they won't be repeating baseball anymore because that was too long ago. They won't be so. That'll be the top two stories, right? So we'll eavesdrop on that. Keep the mic open. We can come. What was the fellow's name? He did a good job at night. Doug Brown. I don't know if he's still there. It's, just, it's afternoon well, now. No, no, see the new shift. Maybe. Yeah, Doug Brown. Doug Brown, and now it's going to be someone else, right? Could be. Yeah. Because they, at noon, it's already going to be one o'clock. So they change shifts. I'm going to talk about um, my co. Oh wait, here we go. Here we go. I don't hear it. I don't, oh, it comes up. Sir. I don't hear it. There it goes. There it is. Okay. Yada da. Yada da. Doug Brown. Mm-hmm. All right. Hit it, Doug. Wow, 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 wow. Whoop. Wow, wow, wow. ESPN Radio Sports. Doug, Doug. Hey, I'm DJ Sixsmith, and here's what you need Who? to know. 
Round three of the U.S. Open is underway. Dustin Johnson leads the field at four under. However, you won't be seeing Tiger Woods this afternoon as the 14-time major champ missed the cut. Tiger was 10 over through two rounds, and here's what he had to say yesterday. I wanted to shoot something around 68, 67. I thought that would have been a great score. And what I just, sure it would have. I looked at it as kind of progressively putting myself back in, into position because uh, I, I couldn't. I couldn't chase down the leaders right away. It's going to take me probably two and a half to three rounds to do it. Uh, unfortunately, I went the other way. I'm not very happy the way I played and the way I putted. Uh-huh. I'm at 10 over par. Ooh. We can be too happy and too excited about 10 over par. You don't win major championships by kind of slapping all around the place and, and missing putts. You have to be on. Slapping. And you know, I've won, as I said, I've won, won a few yep. majors in my career. And sure, yeah. every single one of them played well. Hmm. Just goes to the setup. You just can't fake it in a major championship. Okay, okay. Tiger, Jordan Spieth, Rory McIlroy all missed the cut. Let's go to the World Cup. Argentina came in a major favorite today against Iceland. However, Lionel Messi misses a PK in the second half, and the match ends in a 1-1 tie. Messi took 11 shots in the match. Okay. Earlier today, France topped Australia 2-1 in Group C. Mm-hmm. Peru and Denmark no score in the first half. Okay. In the NBA, Kawhi yep. Leonard wants out of San Antonio. Coming to the Bulls. Kawhi Leonard signs with the Bulls. Oh, no, he didn't sign with the Bulls. Okay, enough of him. What happened to Doug Brown, Fred? Uh, he's He went home. Uh, <laughs> And technically, yeah. technically, uh-huh. when you miss a penalty kick, hmm. you miss it. His penalty kick was saved, so it was stopped. Ah. So there's a difference. When you miss a penalty kick, you miss the whole net. You no kick it over the net, it. nobody touches okay. it. That's when you miss. Ah. When you when you get it stopped, yeah. then, you know, but when you're a guy of Lionel Messi's, uh, you know, uh, talent, hmm. you should never miss a PK. That's why Fred's here. Yeah. Because you mean, knew that. Uh, Cristiano Ronaldo has made his last six. <laughs> So, you know, so I guess the best the best soccer player in the world, there's no question. Three goals yesterday against a good Spain team. Right. Lionel Messi, uh, no, not so much today against Iceland. All right, vote right now. Here's our 1130. Hey, quite apropos. Twitter poll. Vote now at ESPN 1000. World Cup, U.S. Open. A, B, C, or D are your choices. World Cup, U.S. Open. A, I'm watching both. B, I'll watch neither. C, I'm watching the Open. D, I'm watching the World Cup. Vote right now at ESPN 1000. All right. Uh, I'm gonna, uh, let's do a little what if, all right? Okay. All right. Give me some what if music there, Felix. Thank you. All right, what if? This is where we propose something and, uh, you know, may happen, may not happen. And But what if it did, all right? So, we mentioned this about two hours ago. Fred, uh, Fred we were talking about uh, Manfred, Rob Manfred, commissioner of MLB. Mm-hmm. And I uh, said uh, about a week ago, I guess, he said the time between balls in play in baseball, it's something we're looking into very hard. In other words, you know, strike out, strike out, walk, strike out, end of the end. Fire, base hit. Well, what do you know? Another first, and we got action. We yep. got something happening. They're very worried, and well, they should be. I guess that some uh, recent uh, numbers uh, look like fans want more. What were you talking? What were you looking up there? Yeah, you look at it right now, and these numbers came over a little bit earlier today. There was an article that MLB attendance is down six point six percent from this time last year. 8.6% overall. Rob Manfred admits the league is, quote, concerned that there's something to it more than the weather. Uh, MLB, by the way, is on pace this year to have a record number of sub-400 
and 100 win teams. So you're, you've got a lot of bad teams and a lot of 100 plus win teams possible this year. It's very interesting. There's a high and there's a low. There's well, not much of a middle. What they think was going to happen when everybody is encouraged in all sports to tank. Yeah. Plus, philosophy now is if you can't hit a home run or walk, might as well swing for the heels and strike out. There's no balls in play. Yeah. Well, I mean, l- last week, Rob Manfred also said they kind of figured that, uh, you know, players would be able to adjust to the shift. Uh-huh. And guess what? They're not. They just decided, well, you know, instead of trying to adjust to the shift, we'll just try to hit the ball over the shift. Well, you know what? They are able to. They've opted not to adjust. Would that be a fair statement? Well, look at the guys that have adjusted. I mean, uh, one, of the, one of the guys that's hitting the mm-hmm. ball... On the, on the north side, Jason Hayward. How many hits has he got in the last two weeks to the left side? Lots. They, you know, it's Don't almost, have- it's oh. almost to the point where if I was defending Jason Hayward, right. I would play him straight up. I wouldn't, I wouldn't shift on him. Same with Anthony Rizzo, I think. Well, no, no. Rizzo, it's a lot of gut balls to second base out in right field. So the segment is what if, all right? Mm-hmm. I'm going to propose something here. To recap, MLB, Kamish, they're worried. It doesn't appear they're as worried now about the length of the game. You know, oh, they're going two hours and 59 minutes. Right. No, they're going three hours and four minutes. You don't hear as much about that. You don't hear as much right now about pace between each pitch. 20-second clock up there. you got to throw that next pitch in 20 seconds. They're starting to do that a little bit. It seems like they're more worried now about action. Uh-huh. There's not enough action. Quote, the time between balls in play is something we're looking at. If 12 minutes between each time anyone even hits a ground ball. Yeah. So, not enough balls being struck. Uh-huh. Not enough balls in play. Also, that causes no more stolen bases, you know, basically. Uh, no more uh, hit and runs. Joe put one on last night and earlier in the week. But you know what I'm saying. I had an idea that can maybe solve this. Mm-hmm. One easy idea. This is sort of the what if, what if they did this? And Felix, I want you to have your microphone open too. Big baseball fan. All right, years ago, starting pitchers, back when we were kids, Fred. Yeah. They were like five, ten. Uh, we were kids, there were only seven teams. They were, like, they were like three feet tall when we were kids. I'll leave Eddie Goodell out of this. Starting pitchers, you know, they're probably like 5'9", 5'10", 5'11". Maybe some guy's six foot. Yep. I'd average out starting pitchers many years ago when I was a kid. We were like maybe 5'10", 5'11". Let's say 5'11". Okay. Okay. What do you supp- I don't know the answer. What do you think starting pitchers today? Average height? Yeah. I'm going to go 6'2". Six 6'2 two. Six two and a half. Easy. I'm going to say about six three. Yeah, because I mean, look at all of them. In fact, we, you know, we there's how big those guys are, right? They yeah. got a lot of big guys. There's pitchers now six 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 five. You never used to see that. There's very few under six foot. So the average, I'm going to say, is at least six two and a half. Yeah, I'm six, thinking six three. two. All right, now this might sound like not sound like much, but think about this: when the pitcher's average height was maybe five eleven. Now they're what we say. Let's go six three because it's easier with numbers. That's four more inches. Mm-hmm. All right. So not only does your stride go four more inches, where your foot plants. Right. Now your arm is going to be in another inch or two. So am I correct to say that the release point now? Work with me. 
of a baseball out of the pitcher's hand. It's closer to home plate than it used to be. A lot closer. Yeah. Under the, it's 60 feet, 6 inches, right? Mm-hmm. Now it could be as much as 6 inches closer when it's actually released. Now the mount, the pitching rubber, as it's called, is not hasn't moved since the 1800s. 60 feet, 6 inches, the home plate, nothing's moved. You're all right, right there. How do you get more batted balls? You got guys now. They're all throwing in the after the seventy. They're all throwing ninety five, ninety eight, sure. hundred. Champies, a hundred and two. There's a guy out there somewhere that's a hundred and five recently. I, I I think I heard. I don't know if that's AAA or had a cup of coffee. Well, Kopech threw the hundred hundred five one time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they 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 used to throw. You know, 90, 92, 90. Mm-hmm. The, Bob Feller in the day, they said he was 98.6 when he was timed by a motorcycle. Who knows, you know. But no one was throwing. You weren't facing guys every at bat, 96, 98, 97, 101. And they're releasing the ball closer to you. Mm-hmm. So what would happen if this happened? What if the pitcher's rubber was moved backwards? Well, it'd be, they'd what? have to redo the whole mound and everything right now. Because it's... it's One one foot back. Because it's not in the middle of the mound. No, it's got nothing to do with it, anything. It's near the back of the mound as it is. Okay, I'll, I'll go one step farther. Let's say you didn't even... Let's say down at uh, where the White Sox and Dodgers uh, share spring training, right? Mm-hmm. Let's say they make they build a mound 61 feet, 6 inches. Okay. But they don't tell anybody, all right? So they get some of the double-A, triple-A guys show up, you know, and... Do you think a pitcher would know? I yeah, don't know. I think he would. Well, you would think he would. I agree. I think all their curveballs would be hitting the dirt in front of the home plate. All right. So then you tell them. This is the, this is the new... Now, this, they'd, lose, they'd lose velocity. Well, that's good, right? Well, it's good for the hitters. Well, well that's... Yeah, and that's okay, what you're trying to that's do. That's the goal. Right. Now, I know this sounds radical, because it is. But all this other stuff that they're talking about, eliminating the shift, we need more balls in play. If the hitter had just another fraction, like he did for 100 years, right. when the pitchers weren't as tall, the stride wasn't as far, the arm didn't reach out as much, and they weren't all throwing 101, they haven't done anything. That's the wrong phrase. Nothing has ever been there to help the hitter. Would it terribly change the game, or might it make it better? Well... Yeah, this is what. Yeah. What if and Felix? After Fred, I want you to jump in too. You're a baseball guy. What if they move the rubber back twelve inches? And of course, you build a new right. hill. Right. How long they do that in one day? You know, they got a thousand groundskeepers. They just do that thing. Nobody would. Nobody would notice. And it should. What would the well? You, you the problem be? is you'd have more walks because now you're throwing from a foot further back. Well, maybe. And I think you might have more walks originally until everybody got used to it. Well, you might. Yeah, I think you would. But but you might have a lot more hitting, and that's what they want. Somehow they're going to say, you know what, here's an idea. Someone someday is going to say, I got an idea, and we want the more contact. Mm-hmm. What if we move the uh, rubber back? Now, there's got to be negatives to it. But... Well, all the pitchers are complaining. You figure there's 13 pitchers on every team, and there's, uh, what, 30, yeah. 30 teams. Right. So, yeah, you'd have a lot of complaining. John Lester wouldn't let, wouldn't want any part of it. Now, do you think it would... Uh, it would help the game, would probably it, help the game. Would it promote arm injuries? Cause then, they'd have to throw harder. The, they would think they'd have to throw well, harder to get the ball the extra Right. The all extra I foot. know is 
They want action. He keeps saying it. You've heard guys that say that. He's lost a foot on his fastball. Now everybody in baseball would lose a foot on their fastball. Yeah, but now instead of 101, it's going to be, you know, 100. They got to do something. and mm-hmm. they're, See, they're going to do something. They're going to do something to make it easier to strike the ball. How they do that? Bigger bats. Make them wider. <laughs> Let's go to the phone. Like that big jumbo plastic bat you see sometimes. I love phone calls. I love our callers. I'm very worried about going to the phones right here. <laughs> you, you crazy idiot, Raffle Flux. Don and Burr Ridge, don't swear, please, Don. I'm just trying to help. Hi, Don. Uh, I, I'm glad you said what I was thinking. <laughs> hey, um, in the 60s, didn't they raise the mound? Why don't they just lower the mound? No, it was the opposite. In 67... No, after 68, when Bob Gibson struck everybody out, they lowered they the lowered mound it. from 15 inches to 10 inches, uh, and it dramatically helped offense. So it's almost as low. How low can you go right now? But you had it backwards, though, Don. They lowered it after Gibby, get Bob Gibson in uh, 68. The 69 mound was uh, dramatically lower. Yeah, well, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Instead of moving the mound back, why don't they lower the mound oh. to help out the hitters? Why don't you just get rid of the damn mound? Why do you need a mound? It'd be like cricket where they run and they whip it underhand. Let him throw. <laughs> let him throw on the same level. So, Doug- hey, hey guys, I got I got one more, one more thought. It's it's a little bit off topic. Me and my buddy, we debate this all the time. We both think Babe Ruth by far is the best. Statistically, baseball player in baseball history. Would you guys agree with that? By war, he is, and by almost and by everything else, other than when you mix in the Barry Bonds steroid numbers, of course. Okay, so the question is, if Babe Ruth would play today, what kind of numbers would he have? Would he be a major leaguer? I I, I would imagine that the ball was thrown a, a lot slower back then. Was it 85? Was it 80? Was it, Who knows? Mm-hmm. There's different pitches. There's sliders. There's, there's there's all kinds of different pitches. Now, there's relief pitchers. So we debate, first of all, would Babe Ruth be a major league player? Of course, he would come up this way, so right. he would have the chance to cope with everything that's going on. So Hold that thought. Don't go away. Number one. You can't compare eras. The best guy then would usually be the best guy now. The other thing is, you forgot to factor in the DH, which means he probably would have played another five years. You know, uh, Hank Aaron, you know, he, look at how long he played he at a, a, a DH. You look at Frank Thomas. Yeah. He, he was able to play a half more of his career. because uh, So Babe Ruth, you'd have continued to hit. It's hard to compare eras. That's why war uh, wins What's it against good for? replacement. Well, that, this is exactly what it's good for. <laughs> okay. It, it, Don Fonagher up against the clock. Thanks, Don. This is very good for This is exactly what war is good for, comparing eras. And Babe Ruth is still like the war guy of all time seasons and career and everything so he'd have been terrific he probably would have been in a little better shape i'm not kidding about just getting rid of the mound there's really what's the advantage you're giving the pitcher every advantage by having the mound raised get rid of the mound period have him throwing off flat level ground and i think that would that would bring some offense back into the game so we can tell rob manfred either move the rubber back or get rid of the mound next time we get him on well and uh, lowering the mound, I don't think it would hurt your arm. 
firm at ground at flat, but not you're going to lose some speed because you're going to the well, impetus of coming downhill and the depth of the curveball. You won't be coming downhill anymore, right? And you won't have the bite on on the curveball, right? The, so here's the thing: move it from it was 15 to 10 now. Move it to five and back up uh, six inches from 60 feet, six inches, move it back to just 60, six inches back, five inches down. We just solved everything to Rob I'm rid of. I'm getting rid of it altogether. Forget uh, that six inches. Get rid of it. This way, first baseman and third baseman don't trip on the mound catching pop-ups. Last chance vote right now at ESPN. <laughs> what we do here on a weekly basis. What if? Have a great, uh, warm, hot weekend. Stay cool. Let's bring in Hey Felix. Great job filling in today for EO11. What were the results of our final Twitter poll? World Cup, U.S. Open. You're going to be watching one, both, neither. Now, what do the fans say? The fans right now are saying the lead is I'll watch neither at 29%. So it's you a very neither? close poll, yes. Neither. Followed by go. 28, I'll watch the World Cup. And then 22%, at, I'll watch the U.S. Open. And then 21%, at, I'll watch both. So it's. Wow. Yep. Well, almost Those are a, all close. Almost yeah. a tie for second. But winning is I'll watch neither. Well, in about five minutes, you're going to have another update. You can listen and find out what you didn't want to hear about. But I advocate you do. What? Want to thank all our guests today, Jesse Rogers and the one and the only Bruce Miles from and, the Daily Herald. And Felix Reyes, no relation oh. to Felix Flores, whoever the hell that guy is. <laughs> I, thought we had, I thought we had two guys working at one yeah, set today. Know. I'll be back tomorrow with uh, Black and Abdallah. We'll talk a lot of World Cup. Germany plays Mexico tomorrow with 10. We'll get into it. Stay cool. Murph and Fred saying thanks for listening. Thanks for calling. See you later, everybody.